Joey Salvia here, about 5 or 10 pounds heavier since the holiday season began. Let's check the Opie radio line at 888-505-OPIE. Hey, yo, Opie, Chandler from Texas, man. Hey, love the podcast. I haven't been a fan for that long. I just discovered you when you started doing the podcast, so I've been listening to that ever since the beginning, man. And I don't know why Joey keeps getting all this hate, man. Joey, keep doing your thing, brother, man. You know what's up. Let's get some more tunes from Joey in there, too, man. Love you guys. Y'all do the one of the best podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and when y'all go outside the studio and walk around, that's the best, man. Y'all keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah, let's fucking do this shit, bro. You had two hot dogs in the two morning? hot dogs at Grace Papaya. So are, are, are you serious? That's serious. That's how you start your morning with two uh, and a hot papaya dogs? drink. That's why I had to go I, to the toilet. Not a fan of the papaya drink. We I went know, over this in I a know, past episode know, of the OP Radio podcast, which has begun live from Westwood One in Times Square. Hit the echo for me, Joey. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> We decided to do a morning podcast, and uh, that's how you start your day, really. Two hot dogs. Started my day, two hot dogs. Wow. I, I didn't eat anything in Jersey. I, I went to sleep. I had a pound cake, a warm pound cake with uh, vanilla ice cream. Ooh. I hate pound cake. Then I, I went home. I was y- Yoma, homo, homo. 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 Yeah, I did. It's so... Homo. I got so excited because I, I wanted to say, hold on. I went... Homo. <laughs> Homo. <laughs> We're off and running. I just wanted to stop you and, and, and say, because I love bothering you, I don't I don't like pound cake, especially when they put the fucking uh, Marble? Uh, uh, icing on it. That's pound a, cake that's with lemon icing. Pound cake. Huh? That's lemon pound cake. I agree. There should be no icing on pound no cake. No icing on pound cake. But, but if you don't like pound cake. I really you're, don't. You're, you have to go to the hospital. Your mouth is broken. Why? It's one. Of, it's a. It's called pound cake because you need a pound of butter to make it. I understand that. It's delicious. I don't like there, pound it's, cake. Have you ever had the Sara Lee pound cake, the gold standard of pound cake? Uh, yeah, I have. Very good. Have you had Entenmann's? Uh, no. There's only one Entenmann's I, uh, I get, and, and you're saying it wrong. It's Entenmann's. I said Cuban way. It's Ent- Ent- Entenmann's. El <laughs> 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 If you pronounce it properly, it's... Put some maracas in there, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. Look how it's spelled. It's pronounced entendiments. <laughs> I'm punch-drunk. Oh, my God. No, the only thing I, I get from entendiments oh, is, uh, is uh, coffee cake. Original. Original coffee cake. So you live in New York, home of some of the best coffee cakes and bakeries on the planet, and you're eating entomans. Jesus, Hopi. It's like you're... Every once in a while I talk to you, it's like you just got out of jail. No, man. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to defend this. <laughs> I have, I love... love uh, homo. Uh, homo. <laughs> homo. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. It was so weird. <laughs> oh, I got hiccups already. Oh, no, geez. because I live in New York, I've tried a lot of coffee cakes. Mm. And so I, you're saying you prefer? I always go back to Entenmann's. I'm not going to fight with you. If you like Entenmann's, then that's fine. No, see, I know what you're. I am close-minded with my food choices in general, but yes, with co- with coffee cake, I have tried a lot of different ones. That's fine. And when a box comes in and it's not Entenmann's, right? I, I'm I'm out, man. I mean, I'll, I'll still uh, I'll still, yeah, still I'll, I'll still taste it, but uh, no, they have figured that they figured out their coffee. You cake. know what I like? I th- I think because you 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 like. Um, 
because of your OCD and all the other D's things that you have? Whoa, hey, Whoa. right here. <laughs> Name one OCD thing I have, but you, you just bitch. turned the coffee around three times before you took a sip of it. <laughs> Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, like an inspector Jacques Cousteau. You, just, you turned it. We'll talk about my OCD. You turned it around three times so it was perfectly angled, and then you took a sip. I'm just mad you got me McDonald's coffee. Are you? This is the best fast food coffee in America. They've gotten better. What's better than McDonald's fast food? Fast food. Now, remember, I got two large coffees for $2.18, so take that into perspective. I understand. Now, you would think, uh, I was going to, I know uh, what you're asking me, but I was going to talk about Starbucks for a second. Starbucks coffee stinks. Balls. It's terrible. It's giant, sweaty, swinging balls in your face. Thank you. And yeah. it's overpriced, and they burn their, their coffee, and it's, it's roasted too hot. too hot. It stinks. It stinks. So I gave up on Starbucks a long time ago. But being in New York City, you got a lot of local coffee shops, right. which, which now I go to. I, I have blown off Starbucks for years at this point. But to your question, fast food uh, coffee, I, I would go Dunkin' Donuts over McDonald's? No, not even close, buddy. Sorry. Well, they overcream it. You got they overcream it. No, that's why you go. Give it to me black, and let me take care of the rest. I, I like ordering. Don't trust anyone to put cream in your goddamn coffee. How about that? Well, let me tell you something. I think that I like to order coffee like it's I'm a Cary Grant in the fifties. <laughs> Give me a coffee regular, you know. And there's a special flavor in New York. They know how to do that. You go to a diner, you ask for a regular coffee. You get a regular coffee. Right amount of sugar, right amount of cream. The diner people know. Right. Uh, of course. So McDonald's knows how to, you know, they put up, they put burgers up on space. I can't get one of those mouth breathers to give me a regular coffee. I don't trust anyone that wears a burgundy colored sweater. <laughs> oh, then what are we doing working for Tim Sabian? <laughs> when you see someone with a burgundy uh, colored sweater, no good, man. How about Little Steps Robert? He's got some of Boleros in Burgundy. Yeah? I've seen him rock some Burgundy, right? You've seen him, Mikey. And the vests. He has Burgundy vests, He's got too. Burgundy. Does he really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. I, tortoise, I, I, shell, uh, tortoise shell buttons. I didn't take a, a hard left off the road, but that goes back to coffee and maybe some of the people that work at Dunkin' Donuts and they like to wear Burgundy sweaters. Mm. So they're not creaming your coffee properly. I think that I think Dunkin' Donuts, at least in, in New Jersey, has a language barrier problem. See, I'm going with something here, but I, I was too scared to, to say Middle Easterns. Well, <laughs> well the, the ones mine Middle Easterns Middle love wearing burgundy sweaters. Mike oh! knows. <laughs> Is it true? I can't comment on that. You crazy? I'm not going to profile anyone. <laughs> oh, look around. Look around in, in your city. You'll see burgundy sweaters worn pretty much mostly by Middle Eastern men. And they, it's starting to come to me a little bit. I'm starting to go through my mind. I think you okay. might be right. <laughs> I'm going through my Rolodex in my head, and all the all the Akbars are coming up burgundied up. <laughs> Half the Uber drivers wear burgundy sweaters. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. Every single cab driver, burgundy sweater. You watch. And on Ubers, they like that burgundy Lexus, too, and the burgundy Camry, too. Yes, they do. Wow. That's a terrible color in general, right? Burgundy? Burgundy. I hate Burgundy. So. And you know you know who gets Burgundy cars and stuff? People uh, that don't call it Burgundy, they call it wine. I want to choke them with ew, a, a piano wire. Ew, you ever really? hear that? Yeah. You saw my new Lexus? It's wine. No, it's not. <laughs> so that's people that are trying to like make Burgundy a nicer color than it really is. I hate Burgundy. It's a terrible color. You're right. And some of the people that uh, uh, give me my coffee in the morning might be wearing Burgundy sweaters. That's sort of where I was going with that. I know mm. it's a little bit of a stretch. And well, I, I was going to say because McDonald's old uniform was a Burgundy sweater. That's why. Really? 
It's burgundy with the gold arches. Then maybe that's where I got that from. Maybe. Right. <laughs> that's what we were talking about. At least you brought it all together, thank God. That's what we were talking about, Mex. <laughs> I'll tell you the best coffee, though. Fast food-ish. Yeah. It's an ish place. Mm. Wawa. Pretty damn good. Wawa's coffee is better than Dunkin' Donuts. At certain times of the day. At, if you go to a Wawa that's not busy, wow. I go Wawa. I go 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven? This is my list. My top four, because I can't come up with a fifth. <laughs> so he basically... No, I'll, I'll put Starbucks. Mike, he's, d- he's definitely just telling us the places he goes. Yeah, of course. No, no. <laughs> this is not a research list. This is just like, uh, let me see. By my house in the beach, <laughs> Wawa. <laughs> and then by my apartment, 7-Eleven. <laughs> this is such no, no. an Upper West Side list. Zabars <laughs> for bagels. <laughs> Zabars. <laughs> Jesus. No. No. When I'm in New York City, I go to the lo- the local coffee shops that really take pride in their in their actual coffee. Sometimes you have to wait ten minutes for it, and I'm like, relax, it's not that complicated. But besides that, it's a good cup of coffee. Okay. So, but when I'm on the road or going out to the creepy cabin and all that, right? The f- this is my top five. If I can't get to my local coffee shop, I go Wawa number one. Okay. Seven Eleven number two. D&D, number three. <laughs> D&D, that's Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Okay. And then I go four is McDonald's. Okay. And believe it or not, r- rounding out my top five, and it's not a top five, it's the worst, Starbucks in the fifth spot. Wow. There See, well, go. that list is just disjointed and <laughs> no, it's cobbled not. together just with personal <laughs> insight. <laughs> you agree with as Wawa. A, as a, Wawa's pretty good, but it's inconsistent. What I like about coffee at McDonald's is it's not the best, but it's always exactly the same. Starbucks, it can get really sour, it gets really weird. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, man, you get you get one of those where you get one of those little Dunkin' Donut kiosks like the one in the airport, and they're serving fucking socks. Right. You know what I mean? Pureed <laughs> socks. Right. And then uh, but McDonald's, everywhere you go, it's perfect. It's exactly the way it tastes in everything. And that's what I love about McDonald's. As a chef, I love their consistency. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are, I could be in Florence, Italy. It tastes exactly the same. Do you know how hard that is? You know how much training that takes. Is it really training? Yes, it's absolutely training. Or is it, or is it the food that's already prepared and these dummies no, they, just have to throw it on a grill? Well, first of all, dumb, yeah, I'm not going to fight with you on the dummies part because if you go to McDonald's, I love dummies though. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a PC culture, so if you like, if you take a shot, then you got to follow it up with. Uh, but I love dummies. So I love dummies, though. Holler out to the, shout out to the dummies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, shout out dummies. No, so, haven't they? All right, but haven't they taken all uh, all the thinking out of the fast food joints? But that takes a point? lot of thinking. That takes a lot of thinking. For example, I tell chefs all the time: you want to learn how to run a kitchen, or you want to learn new systems. Yeah. Just stand in front of a McDonald's and watch them put stuff together. It's the perfect system. Okay. They're able to take somebody who doesn't want to be there, yeah. who's not getting paid a lot, who hates his job and makes them produce. Right. That is genius. That's absolute genius. It's really easy to pay someone 100 grand, you know, put a chef jacket on him, say, yeah. you're the man, yeah. and give him free margaritas every three hours, and he's going to make, you know, stuff for you. But and, and they make you believe that you might be the one out of 10,000 employees that gets the college scholarship. No, really? Do they have that? Oh, you haven't seen the commercial? No. I think it's McDonald's, right? Oh, I hope he's making shit up again. No, you know this commercial. No, I don't. I think it's McDonald's. So all of a sudden, 
All of a sudden, the manager calls all his workers around. Right. So you got 10 or 12 workers around, and then you got the black kid, and then the manager goes, hey, congratulations to whatever his name is. You got a scholarship. And he kind of rubs it in the face of everybody else that's working at that McDonald's. Like A scholarship of what? He gets to go to college or something. What happens if he doesn't want to go to college? What happens if he wants to be a Mickey D guy, a lifer? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Joey. Greg. Insert it right here. Everybody, two seconds. Dear Sebastian, after careful consideration of your application, it is with great pleasure that we offer our congratulations on your acceptance. Through the tuition assistance program, every day McDonald's helps more people go to college. It's part of our commitment to being America's best first job. These guys are all making about minimum wage. The manager calls them all around to announce this one guy got a scholarship for school. And I, 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 am I the only one that thought this commercial is incredibly wrong on so many levels? Ah, you, you think everything is wrong on so many levels. You're on the Upper West Side. Well, you think too much. Well, why would the manager call everybody around that isn't going to get the, the scholarship and, and announce it to the one kid? Can't you do that privately in the dumb, shitty office in the back with that the is, mops? That is America 101. What do you mean? Rubbing shit in people's faces. Everything we do is to rub people, shit in people's faces. Yeah. You know, you're on the highway with a Ferrari. You know, when I'm driving my buddy's Ferrari and I look at people's faces and they're just, oh, they're, they're sitting there with their giant wife with the lazy eye. She's wearing a bib. <laughs> the kids are in the back eating paste. They're not going to even make it to a state school using a six-year-old minivan. And I'm in a Ferrari smoking cigarettes inside of a fucking full leather Ferrari. Let me tell you something. That is America. And then uh, do you make it hurt by uh, changing lanes and missing their front bumper by an inch? Oh, my. You know what? I, uh, the, when I was in a Ferrari 430 going to, from Atlantic City to Philly. Right. And Wow, that must have taken you 15 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. So um, I was in the car, and I said, uh, you know what? I'm going to dole out some street justice today. Yeah. So I'm driving down the highway, and every, like, little rice rocket I would see, you know, with all the stickers and stuff, <laughs> right. I would just get behind and hit the horn of the European horn, wah, 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 and the lights, and, like, pull up next one, like, let's go. And then you see, like, two teenagers in their stupid Subaru Impreza with a wing on it, and they're sweating bullets. They're like, holy shit. And I'm like, you want stickers, motherfucker? This is what you get by putting stickers on your car. Now there's a great white on the fucking road. Wow. And just bury them. Really? Good for you. Oh, it was the best. And coming back from Philly, there was a minivan, right? right. And there was three kids, like three young boys, like, uh, I don't know, like eight, eight through 14. And they're banging on the back window. And I'm behind them. And they're, wow, looking at the car. Wow. So I pull up next to them. And, I, you know, you, you, have, you hold both paddles in and it'll go into neutral. It's a paddle show. Yeah. And I'm rah, 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 with the engine. And the kids are going nuts. And the dad's with his Philly Eagles hat. And he's going nuts. So I take off. I see the front of the video. The, the dad got so excited with the three kids. The thing's like floating up in the air. He's going full fucking steam. And I would slow down. The guy's going like 100. And I would take off again and slow down and take off again. Those kids had the time of their life. They're licking the window. They're all with their eagle shit going fucking nuts. And, and the dad's got flop sweat. And the dad is fucking sweating. And he's like, fuck, finally, some did somebody, somebody did something for my fucking shitty kids. <laughs> that was cheap in Disney World for those kids. We're, was, we're alive, kids. We're, we're alive, alive, kids. Look at that fucking dude. He's living. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. That was fun. Good times. Good times. Did <laughs> Have you ever thrown golf balls at other cars on the highway? Yep. Oh, you have? Yep. Fuck. We used to we used to put uh, 
we used to have snowball fights. We used to sit by the side of the highway. Yeah. And put rocks in snowballs and throw them at the cars and just blow them out. I got a great snowball. Go ahead. I got a great snowball throwing story. Well, I know you do. I really did. Did one of the twins die in it? <laughs> <laughs> this is out there in Centerport. We used to live on a very, very busy road. <laughs> Watch you spit. <laughs> Everything that Romy had when he was a kid was shitty. Like, Centerport, we lived on the highway. Like, it was, it was always something. You know what I mean? Like, couldn't just, he couldn't live in a cul-de-sac. He he's like, we lived on the on-ramp of Centerport. I, I've told these stories before. We lived on a busy road. We had a drunk driver hit the corner of our house going about 75 miles an hour to the point we couldn't open the front door. And there was a giant crack in the ceiling. And he took out the whole side of our house, all the windows and stuff and uh his car was in complete pieces in the backyard and we all woke up and went outside and there's this drunk just wandering around our yard he survived he wow. survived the crash no problem that's because when you're drunk you're limber the, yeah yeah and you want to know the the best part of the story the only reason he was out was because his friend was in a drunk driving uh, accident and his friend was in huntington hospital down the road about three or four miles so he went in the middle of the night to to visit his friend and then on the way back, he hit this guardrail because the son of the the stupid fucking town. There were so many crashes in our little area. Um, you had the crash house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> so all the cars coming, we we lived about three miles from Huntington. We're a big drinking town, okay? Right. So everyone would get liquored up and then drive down 25A flying. And they would, they would usually go off the road because right near my house was a curve. So they would go off the road into the trees. No harm, no foul. They're not so you lived on Dead Man's Curve. <laughs> Dude, there were so many cars going off the road in that spot because of the curve, right. right? The town decides, oh, this isn't good. Let's put up a guardrail. So now they're playing fucking uh, uh, pinball. Now they hit the guardrail. It knocks them to the left. And guess what's in the way? Our house about 100 yards down the road on the other side of the road. We had uh -huh. so many crashes in front of my house. I got it. I think your dad was a genius. I think he, <laughs> because he was like, listen, I got to pick off some of these kids. And he just, you know, because he, he, everything you're talking about him, he, he's not a stupid man. No, he's not. You know he's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. And sometimes entrepreneurs, they have to cut bait. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> he did the math. I'm like, he's like, kids, we'll make sure you play outside from 9 to 2 a.m. <laughs> Easter egg hunt every day outside tonight at midnight. <laughs> we, we, My God, we those, had, those twins have nine lives. They're like cats. <laughs> Dude, I can't tell you how many pets died in front of our house. <laughs> I can't tell you how many. Oh. Uh. I can't tell you how I many. I can imagine your dad putting dog food and cat food in the middle of the road. <laughs> just go out there, you know, just sprinkle some tender vittles out there. <laughs> Next thing you know, wow. <laughs> we, Lucky's gone. We, we, we never put up a fence. Of course not. And we had dogs and we had of cats. Of course. He's we, like, God, buy all the dogs you want, Dottie. And we, had, we had seven kids and then all our, all our friends with not one fucking fence. My the, God, the you best, guys! You guys were like feral cats. <laughs> the best crash Seven. ever, though. The Seven white kids. Yeah, the best crash ever. In the middle of the night, we're all sleeping. Summer night, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we hear windows open because no AC, right? No AC. You know that. So we, you could hear everything. You could hear a squirrel fucking snoring across the street. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine a giant house with seven kids, no AC. We had two fans. One was permanently in my mom and dad's room, 
And then the other one we got to share. What do you mean? How, like, you're all in one room? No. Uh, one night it would be my fan. The next night it would be the, my brother's. Jesus. Home. This, is, this is true stories, bro. You should have got. God, I to wish the, someone adopted you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's adoption level bullshit right there. All true. To this day, I hate AC because of that. I'd rather sleep in the middle of the summer. I'd be the opposite. I would love fucking AC after that. You would think, but I like sleeping in the summer, especially with the window open. How does how does your wife with deal the, with all these quirks that you still have? Well, she loves it the other way because of Do you father. hide money in the wall? Does she find money in the wall like when you were a kid? No, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> Not anymore. Definitely. But she's the opposite because her dad's an AC guy. So right. she loves AC. Oh, and the lower so the better. How do you live? I, I I I have to leave the house a lot and take my walks and uh and bundle up, I guess. I hate AC. I love AC. I, I was, hate I, it. I was dating a girl in the cabin. You know her. Yeah, we were dating this girl, and she was like, uh, "She, uh, I, fifty degrees. I would keep it at fifty degrees in the summer in there, right? Because no bugs. At fifty degrees, the bugs wouldn't come in. So, but she would come to sleep with a sweatshirt on and stuff. So I was like, this is no good. So I turned the AC off. She's sleep sleeping. She got naked right away. <laughs> I said, we're going to sweat then. <laughs> fucking shut down the AC. You're a fucking genius. Genius. <laughs> You're a genius. You're 25-year-old naked girl. Fuck it. If we're going right. to be hot, we're going to be hot. Let's, right. get, let's get fucking hot together. You're a genius. Oh, so, I had a bottle of Gatorade next. I, sh- I should have wore a camel pack to fucking sleep. Yeah. I'm getting to the snowball uh, I can't story wait. in a second. But uh, the best crash, though, in front of the house uh, out there uh, in Centerport on 25A. The house is long gone. We had to get rid of it after my dad died in a car accident right in front of the house. That's where he died. Uh, doomed by his own tricks. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I can't even joke about that. Man. It's all right. We, we lost so many pets, and then in the end, we lost my dad in front of the, in front of the house we grew up in. Jesus. Yes. Although he walked himself to the ambulance and gave all his info on the way to Huntington Hospital. Just a soldier. Fucking walked himself. Yeah. He was Fuck. on blood thinner, so. That's what oh, got him. boy. That's what Woo, got him. you motherfucker. Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> anyway. Sorry, sorry. He gave all his info, and then because he's on blood thinners, he was internally bleeding, and, right. and then his skull couldn't handle the blood, and that's when he went into the coma. Oh, man. So, anyway. Uh, wow. Yeah, that took a turn. Take a second. Joey, play one of those stupid songs. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I got one better. <laughs> You bastard. Play uh, when you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> Play the gambler. <laughs> Here you go. The gambler, he broke even. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my dad loved Frank Sinatra. Did he really? Love. Hoboken's own. Loved Frank Sinatra. I'm deeply thrilled and very moved, and I really, really don't know what to say because this is a whole new kind of thing, you know. I. Anyway, so. You know, Frank Sinatra hated balsamic vinegar. By the way, well, what's wrong with them? I agree with them. Why? Uh, most balsamic vinegars suck. I like oil and vinegar. I like red wine vinegar. Yeah, me too. Old school Italian yeah. restaurant red wine vinegar. And I don't like—I don't like a lot of oil. Well, of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I go—I go 75% red wine vinegar, 25% oil. There's my nothing salads. I like. Non-chefs just throwing out percentages like fucking manhole covers. <laughs> <laughs> vinegar, you would have a pucker face for fucking a half hour. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Just throwing out percentages like fucking Jacques Pepin over there. I go, you know what I go? I go 75, 62 vinegar. 
over there. Hey, man, I like my duck lips. I'm sorry, <laughs> salad. You look like someone kicked you in the nuts. You fucking did 75% vinegar. After I eat my salads, I look like a Kardashian. <laughs> your fucking <laughs> teeth. <laughs> your, your teeth would curl up like a cartoon shade fucking if you did that. <laughs> Anyway. It's all confident. That's so, but it's like when I sit with like foodies that aren't chefs and stuff, like and they just do that shit all the time. Well, yeah. It's it's intimidating sitting with you. When I went out to eat with you, it was intimidating. I was Why? trying to put the cheese and the crackers on. He's like, give it to me. Here's how you do it. Right. So I felt like But I teach while I do it. You did. But you got you got you don't te- you don't talk shit. It's like I'll teach people that don't talk shit, the people that talk shit. I, that's I just wait and I catch them. You know what? The only time I would I, I will be another uh man's bitch. <laughs> Is when I go out to dinner with Carl. It's the only time I'll be a bitch. And I'll tell you why. Do you order when you go out with Carl? I, I was only invited one time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't even invited. I just kind of tagged along. You kind of just came, yeah. I think you had a phone charger. <laughs> I'll explain. We'll go to a restaurant. And I'll just and Carl orders for the table, and I know not eat. Don't even open that fucking menu, you idiot. And every once in a while, if I do, I start looking around, and Carl just goes like this, shakes his head back and forth. And, and <laughs> nah, nope, you don't order that here. Ooh, those two hot dogs I had today. Let me tell you something. You know how long Grey Papayas keeps their hot dogs on their griddle? Yeah, a long, too long, too long. No, man, I love burnt hot dogs. Okay, one fan, Charlie. Don't, not everything has to be like you're in a shelter. You can have a regular fucking hot dog. Burnt hot dogs are the best. You don't best. live at home anymore with seven people. It's it's okay to be normal. It's okay. Let it go. Burnt hot dogs are the best. Old bagels in a in a garbage bag are the best. Like stop. Burnt hot dogs. I'm gonna defend that too. Yeah, no. Why would you defend a full blown car exhaust carcinogen bomb bullshit? Well, what are you gonna do, man? <laughs> You think when they invented hot dogs, they're like, these are going to be good burnt. <laughs> I like them grilled, and, my, and I like them dark. Jeez. I really do. Fucking, you're fucking palate. By the way, I burned my apple pie on Thanksgiving. We'll good. get into that a little later, too. Thanksgiving. That's a little tease for the second half of the OP Radio. Echo, Joey. I'm here. Boo! <laughs> so anyway, outside my house, the best crash ever. Middle of the night. Windows are open, like you said. Right. Went off on a little tangent there. And uh, it's summer. And all of a sudden, we all hear in the middle of the night, like 3, 4 in the morning, help me, help me, <laughs> help me. You didn't me. hear the crash? No. <laughs> all windows open. Was it, was it fan day in your room or no fan Maybe day? Maybe it was fan day for me. <laughs> no, because what I'm about to tell you. Did this... you talk into your fan like, I'm going to be rich one day? <laughs> you did the Darth Vader. Yes, you I knew to. it. You have to. You have to. <laughs> How dusty were the blades? Were they blue polycarbonate? Oh, like... we never cleaned them. Oh, and the God. thing would rattle all night. Every time they hit it a certain pitch. Yes. <laughs> no, we didn't have that type of fan. It was stationary. Stationary, a giant box one. You're, it was you're, probably by... Uh, it your was parents probably... didn't deserve a family. <laughs> <laughs> it was a giant box God, I, fan. You know what I think when you tell me these stories? Meaning a square, I should In say. In my mind, fan. I'm like, I wish... You're, I can go back in time somehow and finagle it with like a wormhole or something and have your dad marry Marie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And just let her feel what, what, what real life is like. But I got stories. Marie man. with seven kids, she would eat fucking six of them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. So, no, this is my memory of, of what I'm telling you. All I remember, and if I asked my brothers and sisters, they would probably say the same thing. All we hear is, help me, help me. 
like kind of like in the distance. And it was the twins. <laughs> <laughs> My dad goes outside to see that a uh, 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 pole's down and the electric. Uh, I, you got to back up. I'm sorry. What is the gear does the dad go out in? Boxers? Like, uh, like what kind of, what kind of, I, I got to get a picture, Dad, what he looks my like. My dad never wore jeans. Yes, he's a trouser never guy. Never worn pajamas. So he, it would be a, just a shitty white. Wife beater. Wife beater. No, not wife beater. White t-shirt. V-neck or crew? Uh, crew. Okay. And then he would have boxers. Conservative fella. Giant boxers. Giant? Oh. Like the white ones with the prints? <laughs> All that. Yes. yes. With then, the fly open, you could always see like you could always see a little shaft and a ball. I saw his wee wee every once in a while. Every once in a while, because he's fucking moving. What the hell? On man. fan day, <laughs> I took a peek because I want to see you know uh, if, I, if you were okay. If I was going to be all right. When did you notice you had a bigger hog than your dad? <laughs> I, I think he always had a bigger one than all of us, and, and we do all right. Right. Because he used to like he was in in and out of the hospital a lot, and he would show like his catheter in his uh, pee hole. Sure, it wasn't just engorged from all the fucking shit they were putting. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, if you put a fucking, if you put a two, if you put a strop, my dick, it's gonna look a little bigger. <laughs> he had a fucking beer can. I'll tell you right no now. No shit, huh? Yeah, he did. With chewing tobacco. <laughs> so I remember going to the Bronx Zoo and we were peeing side by side. That's before they put up the the walls. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I gotta take a peek. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm like, I gotta take a peek because I was curious because I was just about to hit puberty and I was thinking. See, know, where I'm, see where I'm at. What is my tiny little thing going to end up being? Right. And I was pretty happy. I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to be okay. I don't know if that's hereditary in that way, but. <laughs> it's a true story, though. I knew I, I knew I was doing all right when uh, I didn't. Uh, my dad was all right, but I, kn- I knew I was doing all right down there when uh, I, uh, this girl that was dating my friend uh, hooked up with me. The f- Really? The minute I got in there, she's like, oh, you ain't Alex. I swear to God, it was one of the best things I ever heard. Really? Yeah. Good for you. For two reasons. One, I couldn't wait to go tell Alex. I'm like, I got to tell you two things. One, that girl's questionable. (laughs) (laughs) Two, this is why. (laughs) She might have bad intentions. She might not love you. I wouldn't take her to Zales just to right now. I would wait. And you might want to go on Amazon and get a penis pump. <laughs> There's a couple things you want to do from here on in. Learn how to do oral sex. <laughs> right. So, and my dad never owned sneakers. And he was an athlete. He was a really good basketball player. So what, he just play basketball and penny loafers? He Yes. No. <laughs> Holy shit, yes. Because his shoes didn't have laces. Right. <coughs> he would just slip them on. <coughs> He would go out to our driveway. We all thought we were good basketball <coughs> players. I ended up being all right. My dad was incredible. And when we were 16, 17 years old, he was still playing with us with his penny loafers and, and his slacks because he didn't own any workout clothes or anything. And we, he would go out on that driveway and beat the shit out of all of us. Do you think dressed ten, like that. tennis shoes were for minorities? That's why I was Tennis shoes are for minorities. <laughs> he never owned a pair of sneakers. I never saw my dad in a pair of sneakers. True story. And he was really, really good. He had a tryout with the New York Knicks a long fucking time ago. Oh, so he used to school you guys. He was great in college. He went to Fordham Prep. He played for uh, Navy. And um, then his first wife was dying of a rare kidney thing. And he blew off this. Actually, he, he never officially did the tryout with the Knicks. He had a tryout with the Knicks that he blew off because he had a sick wife. And then she died and he never got the chance again. True story. That breaks my heart, man. 
Because I mean, now I know a lot of stories with Opie. That guy's always gotten beat by checks. No, right? my my dad went through hell and back man. because with the first wife, she she left, she died, right? She died, and he lost two kids. And then Dottie went off the deep end, and he couldn't work anymore. And, and, and he believed the whole time that she could get better. He was Jesus. He was that type of guy, hopeless he, romantic. He was an amazing guy. Even even the, us kids were like, "Yo, dad." I don't know if I don't think it's happening. Yeah. I think Dottie, uh, I think she likes chewing on sheetrock. I think it's her thing. Just let her do it and fucking. We got money in the walls. Don't worry about us, Dad. I'm starting to think maybe uh, you should save yourself. Oof. I think that's what uh, uh, contributed to a lot of his health issues. That's funny. All that fucking stress. I remember as I started, I started slowly discovering that my dad was a full blown player as I was getting, like. The stories that he would tell me and the, and what I would see were two completely different things. Like right. he would lecture me and stuff. And I remember we were uh, we went to Aruba. We always went to, on nice vacations because my, my that was what my mother liked to spend money on. She loved going to islands. That was her thing. She didn't want to go to Paris. I mean, she couldn't even spell in Spanish, let alone fucking English or French. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. She was like soundly, ooh, 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 and you make a left, you know, but. She loved vacation. She loved vacations, and Aruba was one of her favorite places because it didn't rain, and that's one of the things when you you don't have a lot of money, you don't want to go on vacation somewhere where it's gonna it's gonna rain, and that's a big problem in tropical islands. Yeah, of course. So we go to Aruba. The minute we get there, I hustle my brother. They gave us each three hundred dollars for the week. Two minutes in, I hustled my three hundred out of my brother. I said, I told him. Dad wants the money back because he wants to give us smaller bills. He's like, okay. So he gives me the money. That was all false. Right. So now I'm 600 in. I go down to the front desk. I am. What a, what a move, by the way. That was a nice move, right? Strong. Strong. So I was, thir- I was 13. I go to the front desk. I said, uh, where's the go-go bar? They said. At 13? At 13. Did you look 13 when you were 13? I look exactly like I did now with a car and a wife and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you did, right? Oh, dude. You were the first to hit puberty in your... I was born with a boner and giant pubes. Jesus, good for you. Yeah, no, I, I could I could buy beer at 13, 14, right. back then. I had a fake idea, and plus I knew the... Yeah, but yeah, I could do it. Wow. So uh, I asked where the, where the go-go bar is, and I'm with my older buddy, this kid, Eddie Matos, which is my boy. My brother's fucking waiting for his money back in the room, like, where'd you come in? I want to go to the arcade. So me and Eddie go to the go-go bar. We skip out on dinner or whatever. We go to the go-go bar, and as soon as we walk in, we get a drink, and guess who walks in right after us? Mm. Jesse Ruiz, my dad. No. He was going. He was making a beeline for the go-go bar. Good for him. And they open the shade, and there's my dad, and he looks at me and Eddie, and he look, and I'm like. This is going to be the... I go, Eddie, we're going to fight for our lives here. This guy's going to murder us. He's going to rip a stripper arm off, sharpen her bone, and stab us in the chest with it. Yeah. Comes in, sits right next to us. He goes, what are you drinking? Like, uh, Johnny Blacks. He goes, I'll take one. Wow. That was it. It was clean. Sat. He had drinks with us. Didn't really talk to us. Right. Put his little dollars, grabbing titties, grabbing buck, grabbing ouchies everywhere, but nobody said nothing. Wow. Then he goes, he goes, all right, gentlemen, have a good day. We're like, all right, man, take care, Dad. He's like, all right, Uncle, uh, bye. <laughs> that was it. Well, I want to know what happened when you all were back in the house. Like, like it never, like never nothing like, happened. We, it, we never talked about it. It didn't exist. And that's when I started. That was my first introduction to man code. 
That was my first introduction to Mankoat. And, and I was like, all right, there's, a, there's an unspoken law here. He was testing you. This guy must be a G. And, and, and to the day, you know, he has Alzheimer's now, but I, no, that was never spoken about. Right. You know, and, and, and then the next day was a big stink because my brother's like, I have no money. <laughs> but but, but at, at breakfast, you know what I mean? And my father, he realized that that might be a wrinkle in something. So he didn't want to say, give me the money because he didn't know if I spent it or not. So he just went in his pocket, peeled, peeled it out, and gave it to my brother. Wow. And my brother's like, and then he stopped. My brother's like a bird. You give, <laughs> give him a worm. He doesn't investigate any further. What the fuck? What was that all about? Why does Carl have <laughs> braids in his hair and fucking coral necklace? Because I bought all, I bought everything from the gift shop. I had an Aruba t-shirt and a windbreaker, and this fucking asshole's fucking. Know what, know, what, <laughs> know what I love about this podcast? Between my fucked up growing up stories and your stories, mm-hmm. man, we can't be beat. No, man. And the dynamic between you and your brother just cracks me the <laughs> fuck up. How how does one mom have a, have a street kid and then like, um, the, I, I don't mean this in a bad way. I'll, I'll say it this way because you're really smart too, obviously. Uh, and, and then a brainiac slash bookworm. Well. The thing was, was my brother was... But, but ta- no common sense when he leaves the house. But my brother was tailor-made for my mother. My mother um, loved my brother more than anything. Because, you know, when you're... Jesus, Opie. Sorry about that, Joey. I'm giving him a pass on this one. Fucking, it's amateur hour out here with the fucking phones. No one heard that. I heard it. You heard the static? You know Joey heard it. Joey fucking... <laughs> Joey put down his ukulele. He was like, what the fuck was that? I didn't hear anything. Now I know why he has no hair. <laughs> he lost that years ago pulling it out. Exactly. He pulled it out. Because he's a, he's a true radio guy like me. And uh, he, and he sees all the bullshit. Oof. Me and Joey have connected. Have you? Oh, my God. And we've never met. I feel like I've known this guy my entire life. Gonna fuck? It's nuts. Uh, no, I don't want to do that there, Carly. All right, so then fucking calm down with this dude already. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but radio... Everybody wants to take my fucking spot here. <clears throat> Mike Sappho. Who? I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm staring just at... I'm staring at Mike. <laughs> Go, so your mom... Tailor-made for your mom. So my brother... George. My brother had a very close relationship with them. And one thing that people don't talk about is that parents love one kid more than another. They do. It, it's... That whole thing of like, oh, we love you all the same. I'm like, uh, I'm human too, and I don't feel that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've loved dogs more than one dog, one pet more than another. I've loved, you know, when I had stepkids, I was like, that one's really good. And this one, Jesus, I wish was different or not here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just the way that you're a human being. If you don't think that way, then something is really wrong. Like, if you love everybody the same, yeah. Your life is going to be miserable because everyone's going to take advantage of you because you have no no perception of right, how right. life is or how people can hurt yeah, you. But as a parent, you can't acknowledge that. I'm, I know you can't acknowledge it, but, but still things happen, right? Right. So, my, um, so you think your mom liked George better than you? Loved. Like what percentage? <laughs> More than your vinegar oil mixture. I'm saying 90% George, 10% the other kid. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, she, she wanted you to be like a book smart, go to college type of guy. I think I was surprised. They, they, I think they were, they never said it to me, but they like. What's the age difference? Two years. I could go either way, really. I think my dad was. Were just they older fucking, parents? No, young. You thought they wanted one and done? I think they wanted one and done because my mom's like a one and done kind of person because she was an only child and she used to always talk 
I, I put a lot of things together. I, I, listen, I let people talk and talk and talk, and then yeah. I figure out the truth. I'm like a cop. Yeah. Right? The first thing cops do in cop school yeah. is they just let people talk. Yeah. The minute you, the first person that talks is the one that's going to lose. Yeah. Right, Mike? That's how it works. Yeah. So I let everybody talk, and I just listen. Right. And then I'm like, okay, I can rob that guy. I can't rob that guy. I can rob that guy. Right. That's how it works. So she would just sit there with her coffee and her cigarette, and I was little, and she's like, being an only child was great, <laughs> and I would love it. And I'm just sitting there fucking eating my Vienna sausages right out of the can while my brother's eating fucking French toast bananas frosters. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. I don't belong here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there would always be, like, there would always be an issue with me. I'd be like, George, you know... George wants to go to private school. This and I'm like, I do. They're like, No, you're going to you're going to public school. You're a literal monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to work before he did. When he turned 17, they gave him a car. I didn't. I had to pay for my own car. Right. I had to pay for everything. Maybe you were a social experiment. Well, yeah, it worked. They made a fucking psychopath. Maybe the government got to your parents and said, All right, you got two kids. Let's do one private. And one public. See, this is white people. Like, there ain't no government in my house. <laughs> Maybe the government cheese and the government peanut butter. <laughs> but that's the extent of the government in my house. But um, it was funny because there was a lot of animosity. And everyone in the family knew that there was a giant problem. Yeah. Because, uh, like, Adi, which Adi was my idol. Adi and Sonita, she was, uh, she was one of the hottest fucking ladies. She was, like, kind of related, but not. I don't think oh, okay. they were related. But yeah. They were good friends. And he owned a bunch of supermarkets in Queens, and I thought he was the coolest guy because he owned supermarkets with his father. And at this point, he was, like, in his 30s, and I was 13, 14. And uh, two guys hid in the roof of the of the bodega. And he was there with his father, and they came down from the roof, and he was in the storage room cutting sugar canes with a machete. And they were trying to rob his father. He heard his father. He came, and he hacked them both to death, the two criminals and wow. bloodbath this you know big guy big human like six three and he hacked him with a with a sure cane machete L- nearly decapitated one and the other one he hit an artery in the leg and a guy literally bleed bled out i never knew that like you cut someone in the leg good oh yeah you're done in minutes oh yeah and and adi broke his arm he slipped on the puddle of blood and broke his arm <laughs> like it was like a, wow so like you and he was great because he had a crazy accent like cuban accent He's like, the motherfucker in the ceiling that came out. Prakata, prakata, prakata. <laughs> I took the fucking head off the one monkey, the other one in the chest. And, ah, bloody. Wow. Crazy motherfucker. So to me, that was my Superman. So I gravitated towards our. What did George think of that? George, no, they would they would bring him in the other ear. They would bring him in the other room and give him tea so he didn't get nervous <laughs> during the fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> fucking punk. <laughs> <laughs> Him and my mother would lay down with their blankies and fucking cover their ears until Adi was done telling the fucking story. <laughs> they would go and have tea, and you're listening and getting hard. Like I'm getting yes. a fucking hard. I'm like, tell me, tell me about his head. Did you see all the veins? So this guy taught me, like, the ins and outs of a lot of shit. You know, like he taught me how to. He took you under his wing. Took me under his wing, and he's like, listen, man, you ever get in a jam? You know what I mean? Go to this guy. Ask him for you know he'll 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 talk to me and then I'll you know he'll give you like five thousand you start your own check cashing business with people, and he taught me how to do like street check cashing, stuff like that, um, forgery, all that's like how to sign people's checks and how to figure that out, routing numbers, real Cuban shit. Jesus. And I was like, I would take it all in, and and he didn't have any kids, so he couldn't wait to see me because I would sit there like I was at a TED talk. 
You know what I mean? I'm like, what are we doing today? Disposing bodies. Yes! I love Wednesdays. So he would just talk to me about crazy shit. Wow. Forgery 101. Let's go. Forgery 101. Fucking, it was awesome back then. You know what I mean? I love that you tell these stories in front of a cop. (laughs) And Mike, no, Mike the whole time's nodding because he understands all this street stuff. Right. From the other side. Right. He understands the other side, right? Yeah. He's on the other side of Ari. Right. But th- that doesn't mean, as a cop, he would respect so, him because he's got a, he's got a good hustle. So why didn't your dad take you under his wing? He was too busy at the tire store. My, my dad was too busy working, and the, my whole family was focused on my brother because he was super super smart. And I think at about fifteen, they gave up. They gave me up for dead. They were like, "He's not going to amount to anything." Yeah. And that's really normal in the in the Latin culture that they just cut bait because of money situations, right? Like. You know, families are like, you know, if you're not pulling your own or, or if you're not contributing or you're a problem, yeah, they cut bait. And then they concentrate on my brother, which was a smart move because he literally, he couldn't be any better than he is. Right. You know? I mean, personally, I think, you know, his life's kind of weird. So they truly didn't try to get you in a private school or college? They, Did you have good grades uh, in school? No. You no. were bored like me. No. I was, I, I mean, the minute I met girls and stuff, I became... A monster. A monster. In a good way. No, in a bad way. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by by senior year, my school, they knew I was such a problem that my whole schedule, my first through fifth period was gym. <laughs> <laughs> so so until one from eight o'clock in the morning till one thirty in the afternoon yeah. after lunch, I'm walking around with sweatpants. It's like because I'm with I'm with I'm with Mr. Gibson, the fucking gym teacher who's a merchant marine who loved me even more of course he did he's like let's go play dodgeball with the little kids let's make them bleed <laughs> right you know he would tell me all stories he's like you know i was you know i'm you know i'm banging peggy noonan the art teacher i'm like <laughs> oh yeah he's like fuck she's got a hole down there like crazy so, merchant marine so the whole thing backfired yeah but gym teachers are just miserable ex-athletes well this guy They're was a not mer- happy people. six foot two merchant marine yeah Big beard, right? Tattoos, he, oh, the, the Hawaiian lady dancing tattoos. No it said U.S. Navy, like right now, like like a Popeye tattoo, and he was just like awesome. We right. used to go like since I was with him from eight in the morning, yeah, till they, I had no classes. They didn't care. They're like, you're gonna graduate. Just stop, stop interacting with normal people. <laughs> so they gave me to the Merchant Marine, and they would, and he would be at, at eleven o'clock in the morning, he'd be like. You want to go to Rutz and get two dogs? And we're like, all right. Between class, we go into his little Mazda 626 and smoke cigarettes and drink and go get hot dogs. Uh, While George is taking college classes at 12 years old. I show up, I go to Nosebleed. He's like, oh, I see you got your kit, your ass kicked by the devil's dandruff last night. Wait, you were doing it that young? Oh, yeah. How young? Uh, 16. Right. 16, 17. That's not too early. No, because I was in the club scene in the city. My friend used to sell ecstasy in a club. Right. And then I became a spotter. And then being a spotter was incredible. What like, do you mean a spotter? Just seeing who, like, look at shoes and purses and see so who you could mug or rob. So I would spot people, spot watches and stuff, and just tell people, that's it. Like, hey, guys, look at that guy's loaded. Wow. You were a bad, bad boy. Yes, I was, but you paid the bills. Right. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, right? And I knew, and I knew every bad kid from from Bayonne all the way to Staten Island. Right. Like that whole string, that whole 
Italian crime spree that runs like the whole. Let me let me uh, let me ask you this then. Wow, now I'm interviewing Carl now, <laughs> which I like. Um, what got you out of it, sort of? Cooking, because you're still street. Yeah, but you still got you still got a little something. The, something. the thing, one thing but, that you but notice, you're definitely out. Well, one thing you notice, one thing you realize in life is, but you could have easily been easy money doesn't last long, right? Yeah, easy money doesn't last long. You you go to jail, right? So, but a lot of people don't learn that. But you have, but, they, but that, those are the people that go to jail. There's a, there's so many people out there that I know, right? That have done awful things, but have stopped at the right time. And the leads go cold. The cops go cold. They, and cops, they want you to stop because they don't want to. They don't want to do the paperwork, man. You know what I mean? Like when you're too big, it's so funny. There's a muddy water when you're a bad guy. First, the local cops are looking at you, right? Stop me if I'm wrong, Mike. I'm First, the local cops are looking at you. They want to get you right there, right? Because they want the win. They want the number, right? Yeah. Then after that, there's a little thing called task forces that are put together by a couple precincts, like did. DEA, but it's not really the DEA. It's like a local task force. Did you say there's three or four robberies in Williamsburg, Greenpoint, and right over the bridge in Queens. All the precincts get together. Hey, let's do a task force, the robbery task force. It's three dudes, gunpoint robberies, and that's a task force. Right. So that's that's where you got to stop when, when you get to that task force thing. That's one level you can stop, right? You can rob all in one precinct. Chances are the cops will know you. They'll leave you alone because you'll give them to a bigger fish somewhere else, so they'll let you do whatever you want, right? You can, as long as you don't hit kids or women mm-hmm. or priests or rabbis, you're pretty much good, right? Because you, you're taking out the trash with them. You know, you're taking care of the lower-level guys that, that they don't want to deal with. Now you got the task force. Now that's the time to quit, right? But if you don't, what happens is that case, then the, then the feds get a sniff of it or the state. Well, first it would be the state. So you get the state police. State police are fucking motherfuckers. Because guess who they hate more than criminals? Local cops. So they want to wrestle that whole thing away from the local cops. So for a brief moment in time, the cops are on your side. Wow, this is fascinating. So when those cops are on your side, and you could feel it, and there'll, there'll, be, there'll be more breaches than you can imagine where the cops will tell you, yo, you're hot. Because number one, they don't want the stateies to come in and, t- and make them look bad by fucking them them take they you couldn't get them and now we got them yeah because they're they're shit talk state troopers will talk shit the whole fucking day that's the other chance to leave once it moves from the state to the federal you're done and that's when you go to jail forever so uh, were you getting close oh the thing was i wasn't getting close but the guys up on top of me were getting close so one day i was in front of school and there was a, a unmarked this guy goes ruez i go guy he goes you good I said, I'm good. He goes, I don't think so. And that was it. I said, that's it. <laughs> I'm on the radar. That was them saying, knock it off. Knock it off, bro. That means I was in that gray area between, you know, either stadies or fed. I don't know. But the guys that I was with, they, were, they all went away for 25 years. Come on. Yeah. And you were smart enough to know that was a sign, like, it's time to fucking move on. I remember I got out. The first kid... He uh, he was at Garden State Plaza Mall. What, I, you know what? Go ahead. You don't have to answer this, obviously. Go ahead. What were you kind of doing back then? You could even be vague. I wasn't doing anything. I was just hanging out. But you were with the wrong crowd. Street talk. Where I was hanging out. Will you explain to me? I was just hanging out. We were hanging out. Yeah, and, and also calls the guy you want to grab because calls a low-level guy. Right. Family, you know, mom, brother. 
we're going to take you in. And not saying you would ever snitch. Right. But, hey, when they're facing, you're facing X amount of years. That, that That's where I come in. That's my job. Right. Right. Give up the big guy or I'm going to waterboard you with my urine. Mike and the Beatles. Yeah, you'll break the weakest one down. Of so course. You were, you were hanging out, kind of getting a taste here and there. And doing well, the thing was they couldn't really t- they couldn't touch me because I worked so much. Right. I was working in the restaurant business. But remember, I was the conduit to everything. Right. So I had access to every restaurant in New York City. Gotcha. I was... Every club, everything. So I was kind of like the the, the, the the toll keeper. This is really fascinating. And I do want to say to, to protect my friend Carl, this is a million years ago too, by the way. I was just hanging out. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and Carl said something. No, but you but you did say you were on your way and you knew I got I was on my way. And, and, okay. and, I, and I saw the first kid that I knew. He went to Garden State Plaza. He was with his girl. I knew all the cops. I knew the whole task force. And they came and they brought him down. And then the second kid I know, he caught wind of it. He found out who the snitch was. The snitch was in Maryland. He drove down to Maryland, shot the guy 14 times in, a, in the driveway. We got wind of that back at the clubhouse. We're like, Phew. I'm like, I'm going to Miami, guys. <laughs> I'll see you around. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm out of here. This is hot. And then the kid didn't die. And I would him. And then the feds came. And everybody went home. Everybody went home. Wow. Everybody everybody went locked up. Everybody got locked up for everything. My friend's father got, they pulled him out of his hot tub and they locked him up. They locked up everybody. It's like a mob movie. Yeah, I was in Key West fishing the whole time. I know Key would go off. I'm like, what? They got him. I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Going for perch later. <laughs> and then that was that was the crossroads for you. And you picked, that was, that you was picked a cross the right road. I, well, because I knew, like, when you when these guys are four times smarter than me, the, you see the problem is with, with the problem with easy money is, it's it's easy, right? And people people make that mistake. They don't think that the cops are watching. Cops know you're doing bad shit from the first minute you steal a gum, but they don't want to up, upset the ecosystem, right, Mikey? Like there's a certain street ecosystem that has to stay relevant. Yeah. For example, you're telling me that the feds can't stop organized crime, right? They could stop anything. They could find somebody that mails something in fucking Oshkosh Pagosh. They could find them in three seconds, right? They could pinpoint any camera in any city, find your cell phone. But for some reason, they can't stop organized crime. I'll tell you why. Because you don't want to. Because in the higher echelons of, of law enforcement, the crime is like, um, is like blood, right? And then organized crime are the veins, so there's nobody better. We call it street, street FedEx. There's nobody better moving something from one place to another than organized crime. They can get anything to anywhere, anyhow. Why would the United States want to break that, that, that highway down? They use it too. And in higher levels, the, the cops and the criminals are literally the same fucking people. So you have normal, like... You get a ticket for speeding. Okay, that's law enforcement. Then you get this. Okay, you catch someone selling weed or domestic violence. And then as the crimes get higher, it starts to get gray, and nobody's a good guy anymore. Now it's just a bunch of people doing fucked up shit all the time. Jesus. And that's the truth. Wow. That's it. And then you, you went into cooking and never looked back. Never looked back, man. I mean, I, you know, I have all the connections and stuff because I, I love those guys because to me they were the street police, right? Sure. When, when I grew up, you didn't call 
Mikey when there was a fucking problem. Because when Mikey would come to your house, it would be nine fucking problems. Because you were breaking the law with little shit. You had stolen fucking cell phone. You had... <laughs> you, know, you had a bunch of shit. You had weed outside. You had something to escalate the thing. Right. Like, Whoa, it was so just when a you... fight with my mom. Now all of a sudden, I'm yeah, like I, I called the cops because my neighbor was a dick. Now, now my dad's getting locked up because he was smoking a joint. That's yeah. how that's how inner city works. So you yeah. don't call the cops. Right. You call the street police. Right. You take care of things the way you have to. I, I have obviously no stories, but when I was a caddy, I, I caddied for a lot of mafia guys, and I loved them. They had some. They had bizarre morals. Well, they, they, let me like, tell you. Like extreme morals. If, if they, and they, they were do way what they better, don't. They were way better people than uh, most of the members of this of this place I used to caddy at. I tell people about gangsters all the time. I said, listen, they they they're great people. They're like um, they're great people because they're you're not on their radar. But if you are on their radar, those people are they're fucking awful, bro. Okay, I got it. Like. You think they're great that, because it's like you're you're in the Bahamas petting a fucking a shark that took all the teeth out and shit like that. But yeah. if you're out in the ocean, yeah, and that and that thing will fucking light you up. Like these guys, unfortunately, like they make kids disappear. They pick up your kids from school if you owe them ten thousand dollars for a stupid game. Like it's it right. gets really 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 bad. That's a good take. Well, I mean, my experience, they were just really and because good guys paid well. We're just fun to be around. Real gangsters, but, but you would again, never know. You would never know. They they dress like normal people. Yeah. When you see like the kid in the sweatsuit with the gold and all that bullshit, he's not even a soldier. He's a he's a <laughs> he's a fucking He's an intern. Yeah, he's an intern. He's a you know, he's breaking he's breaking phones open for fucking change. Yeah. You know what I mean? When but when you see the guy with the vineyard vines at the golf club, you know, in the golf club in like Rochester that has nothing to do with nothing. That guy is murdering people left and right. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I used to see the old men. The old men used to come and used to go. They used to go get an apple with their little fucking dog. No pit bull, no Doberman, like some little Pomeranian. They'd fucking walk around. Right. That guy will, will eat your eyes out. I, I used to caddy for guys. Thank God this is a million years ago. All the, all the people I'm talking about are probably dead at this point. Right. But every once in a while, you would caddy for a foursome. You knew who the mafia guy was. Who was oh. intense but a cool guy? No, we had one that was actually really scary to be around, and every once in a while you had a caddy for him. Right. And every once in a while he had two goons right off the boat. Yeah, those are school, hitmen. Oh yeah, old school saying, but right, literally just flew in from Italy. Yeah, scarred up, fucking just giant, big hands, giant Italian fists, goons. Right, didn't speak a, a lick of English, right. and they would be uh, golfing with the the member that day. Right. He would shoot 220. <laughs> like, he never played golf. I don't even know why he was on the golf. He would hold the the golf club like a baseball bat. And you knew you were... You knew you were hanging out with some some real fucking people that day. Oh, dude, real but let me tell you, people. And, I, and I'll tell it to this day, that the demise of the Italian mob, when the Rico laws came out and all that nightmare came out, and the feds got a hard-on for the Italian mob, that was the day that... The door opened for the most unorganized crime, which is what you're dealing with now. You know, you have the Central Americans, the South Americans, the Cubans, all these people who have no rules. The Russians. New York was an iron fist. It was taken care of. The cops had a problem. They'd go to the boss and the boss would decide we're going to give you somebody. Problems over. Right. Once all the Italians went away, then all the fucking shit show started. You know, you got Washington Heights. Then the Dominicans started. And those, those dudes, I mean, you put them in jail. They're like, this is better than my apartment. <laughs> you know, like, I get three squ- three squares in a cot. 
you know, I'm good. Then the Russian shows up to Brighton Beach, and then that's when all hell mm-hmm. broke loose because they don't even have rules. In Russia, they walk around with a fucking tiger. Right. They don't care, and they're crazy. And then the Central Americans, they're stabby. You know, like they like to stab each other, and they fight with each other. And so we're of, better off just leaving it. They should as have just left it the way it was. I mean, give them the. All they did was control the garbage and the unions. Let's let them do it. Right. You know, because they, what did they do with all the union money? What did they do with it? I don't know. They built Las Vegas. That was all they did. Right. Not bad, right? Pretty good idea. Yeah. What did that, what do all these other gangs do with the with the money? Nothing. They kill each other and they buy Lexuses. It's a mess. A little different. That is fascinating. I, I didn't know we were going to go down this road, but damn. It's uh, this McDonald's coffee gets me all wild. <laughs> it was a it was a cra- I loved it. I wouldn't give it up. I, it's like I went to Street Harvard, but I learned to to read people. I learned. And, and that's the biggest takeaway I ever got was the higher you go, judges. And, you know, like this old man used to tell me, he says, uh, the difference between America and Italy is in organized crime is in America, in Italy, you pay, you pay off the cop. He says, in America, you pay off the judge. But it's all the same shit. So the bigger you get, the more access to corruption, the more you see the overlap. You know, the more you start seeing like, hey, you know, like, you know, there was guys I knew that knew the D.A., you know, and the cops would put a perfect chart, a perfect case against this dude, <laughs> give it to the D.A., and the D.A. would literally look at it and rubber stamp and say, nah, we're not going to prosecute. Let the record show a couple people that are observing this podcast right now are <laughs> nodding their heads in agreement <laughs> with Carl. That's all I want to say. You know? Yeah. And it was, and, but, but it was, I, there was also cool parts about it. But you took all those uh, lessons you learned on the street and, and applied it to cooking and everything else you're I, doing I, I applied it to surviving. Yeah. I applied it to surviving. You know, I, I like, uh, you, uh, so many of those lessons helped me when I, when I got married. It was unbelievable. Right. Keep your head down. Shut up. Do you remember some of the good uh, street scams? Oh, I remember. Can you I, give me one good street scam? What kind of, like, what kind of scam do you want? I don't know. I mean, uh, anything for easy money on the street. Um, no, that they, they weren't. They weren't scams like that. They would be, they would do the they would do the horse numbers at the end of the week, or you would do what's called um, the you would go to each worker and collect five dollars. So you you know that one? You get like fifty people, sixty people, and each one gives you a hundred bucks, and then everyone gets a number from one through fifty, and then that one day that your number comes up, you get all the money. So then that someone could buy a car or a TV. That was like bank loans. That, that, that's how they used to do them. And then they used to big you on those. That was a nice one. Right. Um, but usually just waiting for tourists to come and hitting them over the head and taking all the <laughs> shit. That's pretty effective. You know, especially the German tourists because they they'd go everywhere cheap and then they would end up somewhere in Brooklyn and then everyone would have German sneakers the next day. <laughs> 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 what the hell? Like, you got another Hans yesterday? Yeah, there was three of them. <laughs> Who's a size seven? It was a little one. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, what are these sneakers? Dunlop? Who the fuck makes those? The car guys? Man, that's some real shit right there. Oh, my God. Dude, it's funny. This, um, I remember uh, I had a problem with this. I was cooking at this restaurant, and the guy that ran it was a, was a wise guy. And I was dating some girl, and... I get the kitchen phone goes, goes off, and his, uh, her ex-boyfriend calls. You motherfucker, you fat four-eyed, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to 
kill you. I'm like, Mikey, calm down. I don't say his name, but his name first name was Mike. Mikey, calm down. Don't worry about it. It's over now. She's she's with me. She told me you guys broke up. Don't listen to her. I'm telling you how it is. I know where you fucking live. I'm going to fucking knock your grandfather off that bus. I'm like, Jesus Christ, fuck. I didn't even bang her this girl yet. This guy's off the fucking reservation. Right. I hang up the phone. The old man comes into the kitchen. He goes, what was that all about? I'm like, what the fuck? Then I realized that every time my, my phone would ring, they would pick it up in the back. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, oh, shit. I go, no, nah, that's Mikey, whatever. You know, I'm dating, his, I'm dating the girl. He goes, oh, that's unfortunate. He talks like that all the time with that mouth like that? He says, yeah. He goes, does he know you work here? I said, yeah, he called over here. He goes, you know, he knows I'm involved? I said, no, nah, I don't know. He says, next time you tell him, Freddie said, it's over when he calls. I said, okay. Two weeks go by. Here it comes again on the phone. Da, 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 you motherfucker. I saw you. I heard you were at the movies at Sheep's Head Bay. I'm going to fucking bury you. Hang on. I said, uh, Freddie says it's over. Leave it alone. Fuck you and fuck Freddie. This. I said, all right. I hung up the phone. He comes back out. He says, uh, that was Mike again? I said, yeah. He, goes, he said, fuck you to me? Holy I said, shit. I said, yeah. He goes, I'm going to tell you one thing, Carl. He called me Carluccio. Carluccio, I'm going to tell you one thing. First of all, I want to apologize. Second of all, you don't have a problem anymore. Your problem is now my problem. And that was it. Never saw the kid again. Never saw him again? Never heard of him, never saw him. No, nobody knows nothing. And that was it. I'm sure he's fine. He this, should be. This podcast is sponsored by <laughs> Blue Mattress. Time to hit the mattresses. Purple, purple mattresses. Purple. We had the knockoff one. <laughs> There you go. That, that brings it all around. <laughs> I know nothing. Oh, so anyway, my dad would. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> At center point, he threw a snowball. All oh, the snowball story. Oh, yeah. Tell us oh, your shitty yeah. snowball story. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm not Phony Soprano. <laughs> I'm not following that shit. Go ahead, Phony Soprano. Tell us your bullshit story. <laughs> Oh, that's why. But that's why I love hanging out with you because I I come from the other world where I was incredibly protected by an overbearing, overprotective mother. Yeah, but I, but, I had no street sense until. Oh no no no! no. Let me life. tell you something. You, that I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you that. You no. have you have a different type of street sense because yeah, but I had to learn that on my own. Like I, I, I was I a left... street guy. I was a street guy, but I love luxury. And luxury always got me in trouble, right? Because yeah, I don't yeah. know how to save money, this and that. Because yeah. I'm I'm always easy money and always scamming and always hustling, right? Yeah. You, on the other hand, were sharing a fan. You had a day that you had, had a fan in right. your fucking room. That gives you a different type oh, of no. fiscal and a responsibility that probably saved your life. No, I learned how to survive. Right. That you I have a set of survival skills just like I do. Of course. I learned how to make a life for myself, ha having no fucking money and all that horse shit. But I, I, I knew I had to get out of my house at 18 years old to, to fucking live my life and learn. I right. needed to start learning. I, I, I know how to read people like you do. Right. We both, we'll, we'll walk around and be like, ah, we, 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 we have the same skill set in a yeah, lot of ways. Like, we learned it differently, but. It's all exactly the same, Opie. But, for, well, for me, it's, I've been doing radio a really long time, so I've seen thousands of people in front of me. And after a while, you pick up on all sorts of body language. Right. You know but what the, I'm saying? But how many times, was, 
do me and you, like somebody walks in here and we look at each other like we already got this guy. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. What a like, we're like, this guy, <laughs> this guy's a bullshitter. You know, oh, this guy's so insecure. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. Like, you know what I mean? They'll leave it like, what a bum yeah. that guy was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because we have that same, we have that same mindset. We just learned it differently. We, we, and, and I believe, although like my years of um, caddying has led to me being a talk show host because every day I was with a different person talking for four to five hours on a golf course. Right. Some were fucking duds and you had to try to get something out of them because I'm bored. Right. I know the golf course like the back of my fucking hand and I want to make it interesting to me. So I would try to have conversations with these guys. Some were funny as fuck. Some told great stories. Right. And I, I figured out early on, you know, it was my job to try to get this stuff out of this person. Whether he was a dud or a very uh, energetic, right. interesting person. So I think that helped me as well. Yeah, I think we have the same skill set. I mean, you just you just learned it in a different way. Way different. Okay. It's hard for you to get scammed. And so 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 for me. But sometimes I want to get scammed. You know, like I'm at a strip club and the girl, I know she's lying to me, but I'm like, she's so fucking <laughs> <laughs> You just go with it? And so like, I'll know. I'm like, I know she's going to run my pockets, so I'll give like... Some of my money, I'm like, how much do I want her to steal from me? Man, 150. Really? So I'll put the 150 where she knows it is, and I'll give my friend the rest of the money. And I'll be like, come on, and I'll play Columbo, and there I am. And I'm like, fuck it, it was worth it. So you play a little game with it. Play her. a little game. I mean, sometimes, you know, the mouse wants to get caught. You I know? hear you. I hear you too, Brother Carl. And by the way, Greg, I hope you liked a little rendition of my Sinatra song dedicated to your late dad. But let me double back on two things. One, the McDonald's commercial. I'm loving it. They're helping youngsters get an education, and the reason the manager does it in front of everyone else, Greg, is because of competition and incentive. It's how we move ahead. And where else can you get a first job these days? As far as my lack of hair, I've been like this for 20 years or more. It didn't make it easy on me trying to get into a rock band. I shaved it all off after seeing half the NBA do it. I was losing it anyway, so why not go with the flow? And then I never looked back. Now, before we get to your story about the most horrific car crash in front of your Long Island home, let's take care of business. we got to talk about Purple Mattress, one of the great sponsors of the Opie Radio podcast. That's the one made by NASA scientists. You know this. Yes. Good for you, Carl. And I've been trying to get you a free uh, mattress from Purple Mattress. What's what's the holdup? I don't know what the holdup is. Are what? they doing? Are they doing all right? They must be. They got commercials out. I think they're doing all right. Good uh, for them. Yeah, but I I think if they want to see their sales go through the roof, they got to get a mattress for Carl in the creepy cabin. Yeah. Well, first of all, I what should... kind of mattress do you have up there? Oof. <laughs> That's never good. <laughs> That's never good. Where did you get the mattress from? I mean, recently divorced, I'm assuming Big you... box store. It's a, actually a futon mattress, and then I have one of those memory foam things on it. Yeah. Oof. No bueno? Well, when it was just me, yeah. it wasn't bad. Okay. but You uh, can deal with it. I can deal with it. Right. But um, I got some ladies over and stuff, and they seem to be from the moneyed persuasion and they're like, you know, what is this? Is there nails in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Why is your mattress lumpy? She's like, we're, we're having so much fun when you're awake but when we fall asleep, it's really bad. <laughs> right. Like, every girl that wakes up in my place has like an awful <laughs> neck cramp or her ear, she gets cauliflower ear like a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> that may not be from the match. But it's just, uh, you know, it's like... She wakes up with MMA years. Oh, yeah, exactly. You need a cup man in there. <laughs> you know? But uh, my mattress is really tough. And yeah. It, um, 
It really bothers me in the morning. Like, I wake up a lot earlier than I'm supposed to. That's why I got to get you a mattress from Purple Mattress, man. They do it right. If you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you got to try a Purple Mattress. Purple's company history, reasons to believe, least important section, cut if needed. All right. Big fan, Purple. (laughs) (laughs) I think they got rocket scientists. I think we should mention that. Do they? Actual rocket scientists that figured out the whole foam thing. Now, when you become, when you go from, let me ask you a question. When you go from rocket science to mattress science, yeah, do the other rocket scientists talk shit about you? I would assume so. Like, hey, what's up, mattress guy? <laughs> right. What happened? You don't like the rockets anymore? <laughs> 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 but it must be easy for him, like, to do a mattress, right? Like, a rocket scientist to do a mattress would be like, well, I, I, like I'm a three star chef. Right? I'd be like, "All right, bro, it's time to make a grilled cheese." I'm like, "I'm gonna crush this thing." <laughs> You're not wrong, I, I, but I think the rocket scientist is thinking, "You know what? I think I can make some money, like uh, helping people sleep better." Yeah, because you got to cash in. Because yeah. I mean, the rocket scientist, no, he does math. He's yeah. like, "Well, you know, I, I do one rocket a year or twenty thousand mattresses." Well, it's probably boring to them. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna land on Mars again." Oh, goof. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but they take all that knowledge and like how can I spin this shit do you think That's that it's, do you think rocket scientists do mattresses and stuff just to get like better girls absolutely because like Nerd girls are, Absolutely. But, like, mattress chicks are hot. That's right. And then they could go, hey, man, I'm a rocket scientist. Yes. On top of it? Yes. And check out my mattress. Yeah, look what I invented. And all of a sudden, it becomes a stabbing cabin. (laughs) I think you're right. All of a sudden, then he shows his own rocket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cut that out. No, don't cut it out. (laughs) I want to see what the purple mattress people are made of. (laughs) Get Carl a mattress purple mattress people for, listen, the, for uh, the creepy cabin, please. But for research, because listen, no one puts more work into a mattress than I do. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think if you come back and say, wow, this thing has held up, yeah, I think uh, I think their sales will go through the roof. It's not the only purple thing that'll be in my room, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> 100 night risk-free trial. I'm I like s- this. If you're not fully satisfied, you could return your mattress for a full refund backed by a 10-year warranty. I'm sending it. I'm sending it in a hundred and one days later, <laughs> like the uh, like the governor numbers at the Florida election. <laughs> no, if you wait for a hundred and one, you're you're shit out of luck. You got to set it back at ninety nine. I hope that rocket scientist knows how to fight when I show up to the office. <laughs> oh, this mattress is broken. This mattress is broken. Who's got hands in here? Let's settle this. <laughs> right, Mikey's just start throwing out. Who's got hands in here? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, free shipping and returns, free in-home setup, and old mattress removal. Bring gloves. <laughs> Bring gloves and a hazmat suit. I think if, if you work with them, they'll come in the middle of the night to get rid of your old mattress so the neighbors don't have to see the stains. There's a virtual nursery school on my mattress. <laughs> There's a Pablo Picasso painting on oh my mattress. Oh, my God. It looks- with a crooked side face. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Pablo Picasso. I don't get it. Is it okay? Oh, that's not art. Well, some of the Pablo Picasso I really liked. Yeah, the stuff that he copied other people. Well, as soon as you put two eyes on one side of the face, relax. relax. Yeah, relax. Go back to your blue period. Yeah, nice. Hope you just threw that out. He has no idea what he's talking about. I, I know a little bit about the blue period. Tell me about it. He went through a stage. Let's go back to the mattress. And a lot of the paintings had a bit of a blue tint to them. It's called the Blue Period. <laughs> I thought that was something else. I don't like the Blue Period that's on your old mattress. 
Nice setup delivery. Uh, there you go. That was clean. Uh, you're going to love purple. And right now, our listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text OPIE, O-P-I-E, to 474747. 474747. Right. 474747. That's, that's our code? That's the, yes. Yes, that is the code. Okay? So uh, 474747, you text OPIE, O-P-I-E. And then you get the mattress. You get something. I I wasn't paying attention. Do they get like a little pillow like for Robert to rest his little feet? (laughs) I think you get the free pillow. You don't get the mattress. You got to pay for the mattress, but they'll work with you on that as well. All right? Do, Do they got layaway? Old school? I don't know. That 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 would be good, right? Can you tell him, can, uh, let him hold 100. Let me hold the mattress. All right. And then around day 50, I'll throw another 250. This isn't Rent-A-Center. <laughs> <laughs> no? Why are they sponsoring us? It's not Rent-A-Center. We should do rent That's more our demographic. Oh, <laughs> uh, can I rent a mattress? <laughs> Just fucking. Could, could you rent a mattress? You can't. No. That'd be... There's got to be a law against that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Purple Mattress. They're a fine company. We're going off the rails here. Text OPIE, O-P-I-E, to 474747, okay? Message and data rates may apply. Thank you, Purple Mattress. Thank you, Purple Mattress. Yo, hook me up, cuz. Purple Mattress. Holla. Holla. (laughs) OPIE Radio. So my dad, <laughs> boxer shorts. Yes, we're back. No, this is how I'm going to wrap up this, uh, this podcast. Right. So middle of the night, help me, help me. <laughs> and this is my memory of it. I don't remember the crash. That right. is the God's honest truth, but this is a true story. Maybe my dad heard the crash. I don't know. But I do remember as a kid hearing, help me, help me, in the middle of a summer night with all the windows open. And uh, my dad goes out with probably bare feet. With his baggy, giant boxers and his white T-shirt that definitely had a couple stains on it. And there's a power line on a car that's upside down. The the reason the guy's yelling, help me, help me, is because he can't get out of his fucking car. Because I guess the roof collapsed a little bit, so now he can't get out the windows or nothing. And uh, somehow my dad got him out of the car, though, I remember as well, with a live power line on, on his Did car. Did not even phase. Didn't phase Fred at all. Fred was like, let's get this done. I want to go back to bed. <laughs> right. Finally, some excitement in my life. Kids, I'm working up a sweat. I'm going to need that extra fan back. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, bring the twins out here. Have them wrestle this power line down with this car. <laughs> and then my, my mom would just, like, socialize with the neighbors in the middle of the night as they're figuring this shit out. My mom was uh, great at socializing outside of that house. Inside the house was a whole other story. So, Luz de la calle, oscuridad de la, de la casa. That's a saying in Cuba. What is it? That means... Uh, Light of the street, darkness of the home. Yeah, she had darkness. Uh, you know, those, those people that are like, and I realize that, like people that are so like, yay, and this and that. I yeah. have a lot of that. Yeah. Like I get home, and when I, when I shut everything off, I'm pretty, I'm pretty quiet and personal dude. Right. You know what I mean? But it, it takes, you know, being public takes a lot out of you. Yeah. It takes a lot out of you. That's why I like going to the creepy cabin. I, I love it up there. My, Carl, lease, is Carl's up, my a- lease is up in two months. I got to figure out I might be moving back in the city. Oh, really? It could be roomies, Ope. <laughs> what about the, the, we get some good shit out of the creepy cabin? I mean, if Westwood One wants to find me another cabin up there. 
Why Everyone wants me to stay up there. Like I could stay whatever I want. Dude, I you gotta stay a little longer. That's your spot. I know. I love it's it. It's so great up there. You're man. only doing it for the podcast. I can tell. He's like, it's good up there. Well, the, there's snow. I just had a whole, we just had a whole conversation on how I can't be bullshitted, and this is fucking how this is how he fucking starts off with his left foot tripping all over the finish line. <laughs> no, you I mean seriously? I mean, we, we, you know, we got. I mean, you got something going over there. I mean, we have. I mean, you do have a great time up there. I mean, what are we gonna? We. I mean, you. I mean, you know, you. As in, we, you. <laughs> Carl, I love you, but I see your happiness when you're up there. I am. Happy. I mean, do, do we get good podcasts? Yes. And, and the podcast <laughs> from the Telemark with all those characters. Oh, my God. Holy shit. The we, feedback we, on that one was unbelievable. Oh, people loved it. Unbelievable. It's I can't real wait life. to go back and uh, hang out with those guys again. That's how real life is. It's it's. Um, I, and I like the girls up there. They're so gritty. You, like, you like some grit. I like the grit on them, man. And you know what? I like that they... They I, appreciate normal fucking shit. Right. When I was dating, I, I, I liked a girl with a little dirt. Just a little bit. Not right. in the pants, but like just no, in their I mean, attitude. No, those over-the-top polished girls. Yeah, but you don't want that tainted love either. I mean, you gotta. What's tainted love? You know, when it's not, it's not 100% down there. No, no, that, that always drove me nuts. Yeah, you got to watch that. Yeah, no, I, I drove home from Geneseo once with my hand out the fucking. Uh, well, we've all been there. Out the car for six to seven straight hours. I was. I got one girl, <laughs> dude. What? What? I'm. I'm 18, <laughs> and oh, I'm gagging just. Thinking about it. <laughs> but what is it called? There's something. It's not just a. It's not just a dirty fucking. With the vaginosis. Yeah, she had this. She was 18 years old. One of my first girlfriends. I thought every girl smelled like that because oh. I didn't have a lot of experience by the time I was 18. <laughs> you must be like, up. Oh, I'm gay. <laughs> 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 I, I I went down. Ooh, yo! At eighteen, you were going down right off went the bat. Down, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I thought that's, every, Opie, every girl was like, "That's that. rare at eighteen already going down there." Why? I didn't start that till like two weeks ago. Really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I it, the smell was just brutal, and I had a Honda Accord, and I would drive from Geneseo to Long Island for the you know Thanksgiving. What color was the Accord? Uh, I was like, a, I'm embarrassed. 86? Burgundy? It, it was it, definitely burgundy. It was no like, champagne color. It was like a lightish blue. Which is oh, it was that light blue Honda, remember? You do remember that? Yes. Was it the Accord hatchback? Yeah. Honda Accord oh. hatchback. <laughs> and I put my own sunroof in. So it was an LX, not an LXI. No, I, put, I, put, I know you had an LX. You either had a DX or an LX. I don't remember. It was my car guys, my car guys, holler at me. They know hatchback, and uh, I would I put my own sunroof in. I thought it was cool with the little clamp. How much did it leak? A lot <laughs> after a while. But yeah. I I I, uh, I drove that damn thing right into the ground. Well over a hundred thousand miles. I loved that car though, man. It, it was <laughs> it was fast. That no, Honda, it wasn't. The Honda Accord hatchback oh, your back idea then. fast. I mean, every car story you tell me, like you fell off a scooter, you used to ride on the back of a motorcycle <laughs> with a dude. You had a Honda Accord. Hey! hey! What happened? Hey! I was, you sure the one that told me, not me. <laughs> I'm just bringing it up. I'm stepping out of the batter's box. Slow down a little bit. So you're throwing heat. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knuckleball out Come of nowhere. On, man. I've had some fast cars. You can't You really don't me. think the Honda Accord hatchback had some uh, some speed? Absolutely not. Was it sick? Yeah. Okay. No, I, still no. <laughs> I loved my stick. You could too. probably do a bucko five, probably. No, I I don't mean that type of speed, but You mean that, that blistering zero to sixty nine point eight seconds? <laughs> really? Oh, 
I had a 944 Turbo, bro. <laughs> Maybe it's just a memory because it was my first car. Oh, and you probably had the windows Maybe down because you hate AC, so it felt fast. <laughs> Drives like a fucking husky out the fucking with his head out the window. <laughs> Your memories are different because I bet yeah. you maybe if I went back into that car, I'd be like, what was I thinking? This thing stinks. Oh, I, used to I remember it being a cool car that I really enjoyed. I had some it was my cars. baby. I don't know. I had a 19. But can I tell you? So she had she had a bad vag, really smelly, incredibly smelly. I never had another one like this in my entire life. And I couldn't get the stink off my fingers. Oh, you could. And, no, I tried everything. You got to lick it off. Ugh. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they just got him. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god, his eyes are tearing. <laughs> they even felt like a little slimy. Oh, she, she. she it was a, brutal. She dude. had a little. We call that escargot. And I, I, I remember driving <laughs> home. Nailed up. <laughs> I remember driving home with my hand out the Honda Accord oh. to get relief. No wonder you thought the car was fast. Half your body <laughs> fucking <laughs> full of vaginosis. <laughs> You're driving half of your body out like Ace Ventura. <laughs> After I broke up with her, my bad breath went away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't dry mouth, was it? Oh, my God. Oh, that's really hey. fucking funny. <laughs> Did you hear that fucking Joey? His yes. breath got better. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping Joey alert. <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, anyway. How funny was in that last episode, Joey? Like, we, we just kept going and going and going. I, I and Joey's like, it. what the fuck, guys? I All right, it. enough. I loved it. That was so fucking And I want funny. the record uh, to know that I love EB. Thank but you. We gave him a beating. We gave Joey a beating. I love EB. People get confused by uh, what we do because they're like, I don't, think, I don't think those guys like me. No, we love you. That's why we beat the shit out of you. That's why we beat uh, Robert up about his time. <laughs> <laughs> And Mike and the and the urine thing. Oh my god! No, the funniest thing was when the mooch looks at fucking Robert's feet and goes, "I want to bronze those things, <laughs> like little baby shoes." I mean, imagine poor Robert. He's got the mooch just sitting here in his twelve thousand dollars suit, just taking fucking full bat shots to the side of the head. Oh. I like that dude, Mooch. Loved Mooch. You know what I realized? That huh. What that bothered me about interviewing the Mooch was was on social media, there's a couple people that are like- We're talking about Anthony Scaramucci. Anthony Scaramucci. Yeah. A couple people were like, yeah. dude, like, how could you, how could you, you know, interview him? He was in the Trump administration. I'm like, how do you even know what's going on if you only listen to your side of things? Like, how do you even understand it? Right. I took a screenshot of the my-, my um, the, my phone one day I was showing a message and I have the Fox News app I have Associated Press I have all you know all the apps and people are like oh I'm unfollowing you you have a Fox News app oh my god I said how do you how do you so you only listen to things that agree with you right. I mean why don't you just move to a communist country look I listen to pop propaganda I, I lean more toward you know the fake news like CNN and MSNBC, but I, I take a I, I take a, a peek at Fox all the time. Yeah, you, you got you got to watch all of them and I, then make your then make your own decisions. I I I'm every day. I listen. I watch and listen to the news. Those news outlets less and less and less, so, including Fox News, um, MSNBC, CNN. It's they all have created this format. That is impossible to get any facts out of. Right. It's always a panel of six hysterical people. Yeah. And 
I don't know where all these experts come from. I don't know what makes them experts exactly. half the time. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I agree with and you. It's, and it's just them going nuts. Right. So I miss regular news. Present me the story, let me process it, and then we'll be fine. But these panels of hysterical experts on what? Right. On what? Yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of experts. They're never on there. Yeah. And to your point about Anthony Scaramucci, I agreed with way more than I thought I would with the guy. I don't. He I don't. hates Washington and thinks it's incredibly damaged, and that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's the real news. Because going back to your street stuff. Right, they're all in cahoots together down there. Let me tell you something. I put my if if I was in a foxhole, I put my money on Scaramucci. Right, he, he's a stand up guy. Yeah, he's a stand up dude. He was fascinating. Um, we should start wrapping up this Why? podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what, what, what was that, that you just did? Huh? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> the fuck. I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> I'm all coughing up. Yeah, you are. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? You know what? Let's let's mop up Thanksgiving a little bit. How about we do that? Let's let's do mop. Let's do Thanksgiving. Where were you? Were you at the telemark like you told me you were going to be? Uh, well, they, sitting there with a, a plate of turkey next to somebody? No, I. what I did was I... Next uh, to Gizmo? My buddy calls Hoping me. Hoping he doesn't choke you out? Fucking Gizmo. We, they're, they're busting his balls now after that podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like, good job, fucking asshole. You killed Opie. <laughs> He's not coming back. We want him to come back. You know how many haters love that I got choked out by Gizmo? Oh, my God. That was really fucking funny. <laughs> why didn't you hold the hold a little longer? <laughs> You're looking at me like, why? What the hell? where the hell were you? I'm like, well, I'm right here. And then people are giving me tips. They're like, next time you got to fucking put that chin down quickly. Yeah, like the, the, the telemark, they don't tell you how not to get choked. They tell you how to survive it. <laughs> I, I didn't know I was actually going to get choked out by Gizmo. Nah, you didn't get choked out. You got choked, but you didn't get choked out. True. Choked out, we would it'd be a whole God, different story. I, I enjoyed it in a weird way. I enjoyed the whole experience up there. <laughs> You're the one I told him. Yo, Mike, he goes to the guy. This is a full-blown blue-collar guy that's been drinking since yesterday. Right? He goes, why don't you come over here and say that to my face? No, he called me a pussy. Right. Because okay. I wouldn't do a shot. I've been in the bar no less than 10 seconds. Which and, is, you were, and you were driving. And 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 Carl's already ordering shots. I'm like, you know what? Let me. I was. Well, well, that's why we went to. A, that's why you go to a bar, right? I didn't go to fucking was, play touch tunes. It wasn't like <laughs> I was going to drink, but I wanted to get the feel of the place. We literally walked in. This isn't the Sistine Chapel. It's so, fucking four chairs and a jukebox. So Carl's ordering shots, and I'm like, no, you know, no, <laughs> no, no, because I'm trying to figure it all out. And uh, Gizmo's across the bar, and he calls me a pussy. I don't. I haven't even met the guy yet. And I said, why don't you come over here and say that? He got up in .01 seconds <laughs> yep. and removed his glasses. Took his glasses off, his lens crafter specials. <laughs> and then I'm thinking. Buy one, get 32 pairs free. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of funny, you know. Comes over and chokes the fuck out of me. And Carl's sitting there giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> I'm like, ha, ha, getting choked. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And I, I had to apply pressure to his hand. like, No, it was it was pretty intense. And, and. <laughs> And I explained his hands on an Instagram Live. Just imagine taking a whole bunch of broken clamshells <laughs> and washing your hands like that with the clamshells for like an hour straight. That's what his hands felt like. Like roofing tiles. He had hands it, like roofing tiles. Yes, that's even better. Yeah, roofing tile hands. Holy fuck. Calluses on top of calluses. Oh. Working guy. Yeah. 
And with that, with that old man strength, you know, like that. That I hate my kids and wife strength. Yeah, my dad has it. I know it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that telemark, though, one character after another. You got uh-huh. the guy that got the, the. Did he get in trouble uh, for admitting that he drinks in the bathroom? No, everybody thought it was hilarious. Oh, good. Yeah. That's Leif. Yeah, you're Le- safe if you're with Leif. <laughs> yeah, Leif is is the Leif real comes deal. To the, Leif comes to the whole, to, to the to the bar. And he just sits in the bathroom and he just he makes drinks for everybody with fucking little <laughs> airline bottles. Well, he's trying to save a little money because, you know, he, he's, he's going to spend a lot of money at the bar. But he also knows if I could have a couple in the bathroom, yeah. it'll, it'll keep my cost down. So he's got the little uh, <laughs> airplane bottles. I remember the first time, I, first time he got me into it. I'm sitting there and he goes, hey, chef, hey, chef. And I keep hearing inside of him, chef, chef. Yeah. And I'm like, I go, Roy, what the fuck is he? He goes, I don't know. I don't know what he wants. You know, because nobody rats on anybody up there, blue collar. Nobody says nothing. You got to figure it out on your own. Yeah. I'm like, what's up, Flav? He goes, you drink that bourbon, right? I said, yeah. He opens his old hand, and there's like two little airline bottles of Jack Daniels. And he's like, let's go to the bathroom for a pop. So I go to Roy. I go, what the kind of George Michael bullshit is this? <laughs> he goes, I don't think he's going to fuck you. I think he actually wants to have a drink with you. I said, I'm going to find out because this is fucking, I've never seen this before. And I've seen a lot of shit. And I go there, and he's got his little thing of ice behind the fucking the sink in it, and he gave bring, bring your cup. Wait, he, he sets up a tiny mini bar little fucking mini bar in the bathroom in of the, a bar in the bathroom of a bar. <laughs> time, and everyone accepts it. Everybody's fine. One day he was doing Bloody Marys; they were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> he told me, he "Goes I? I learned this from a bum downtown. Yeah, I learned this from a bum in Patterson. Oh, he said Patterson, yeah, yeah. right? Right. He oh said my Patterson. God, he's so Patterson, fun. New Jersey. Patterson, yeah. New Jersey. And That's he's, right. He uh, did say that. You know he's got and he's got like one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of cars in his garage, but he's a he's a you know was, tough guy. I love that place. I mean, we've been there before we podcasted, mm-hmm. obviously, but we decided we finally had to record there. Oh, and then and Roy's every- and then Roy's buddy, which is one of my favorites, this dude. Uh, Did we get him on the podcast? No, he, he didn't. I think his wheelchair was out of battery. He he was one of my favorite guys. His uh, he was a, a union worker. He was working on the on the um, on the Lincoln Tunnel on the on the vent shafts. Yeah. And he fell down the shaft. You told me about onto this the, guy. onto the the ceiling of the Lincoln Tunnel, right down the whole fucking shaft, and got paralyzed. How far did he fall? Uh, I don't know. It was like two hundred feet. Come on. Yeah, it's like the whole shaft. But the thing is that the shaft is like a Z, right? It keeps going down. Like, so he kept hitting, boom, 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 which saved his life. Saved his life. But so now he's like, you know, he's paid. So he's like. Rich wheelchair guy. <laughs> he just, just gets hammered. How the fuck did they get him out? Oh, one time he got stuck in the snow in a wheelchair, and we just see him sliding down the street. <laughs> like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> get him before he gets into the lake. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. How'd they get him out? They had to stop fucking Lincoln Tunnel and, and come up with a with a cherry picker from the bottom and open the shaft and have him fucking come down. Oh, my God. Yeah, he that almost died. horrifying. Yeah, Roy was, Roy was the, jo- the job foreman. Yeah. So uh, where was the Thanksgiving then? Um, I went to Boston Market. Oh, I saw that on Instagram. I woke up. I wasn't going to do anything because it's my first year, you know, that I didn't have to deal with anybody. My first year that I didn't have to go to my mother-in-law's house and see all my stolen shit. You know that whole story, right? No. Oh, Jesus. My uh, father-in-law, back in the day, he, uh, my ex-wife says, you know, we, we should give him a job. You know, the restaurant's doing unbelievable because of me, because I'm on TV and doing this and that, but she doesn't know. She thinks that, because she worked at Johnson's Ring Factory selling high school <laughs> rings, she's fucking, she's a restaurateur. But that's for another day. <laughs> Ugh. 
just thinking about it makes me so fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for them to be broke. I really can't. It's happening, too. I, I know it's happening. Oh, my God. You're the best. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, that's going to feel so good. <laughs> it really is. I'm going to dance on graves that day. So, I... Uh, you know, we used to get stuff from Restaurant Depot, paper goods, and this and that, and this and that. So I used to, I used to go every day to Restaurant Depot and pick up little things here and there. But I believe in the restaurant business. You control the inventory. You control the restaurant. You know, you control the intake and the outtake. So one thing I tell restaurant guys is always look at what's coming in and what's going out. I go through garbage. You know what I mean? I used to have a metal detector. I used to go through the metal detectors, find spoons and shit, just to see waste and stuff. It's just a, mm-hmm. something that you learn over the years. So anyway... She says, oh, we got to get my father-in-law a job. I said, all right. I don't want to, but I know what, you know, blood and, wa- blood and business don't mix, but whatever. What, what am I going to do? You know, I, I just wanted her to stop talking. I swear to God, Opie, I would do anything she wanted, just I still couldn't hear that shrill. <laughs> oh, the stuff she used to say. Like, you know how you threw out the vinegar percentage in the beginning of the podcast, like 75% vinegar? Yeah, which was very accurate. She used to throw those out, but it was nuts. She's like, our business is up 82%. I'm like, get hit by a car. <laughs> what are you saying? We had three more people today. Stop it. Stop. Go home. Please. Right. Go watch A&E. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so we gave him a job. So his job would be to go do what I want. What I went to Restaurant Depot. So he, he went to Restaurant Depot. Back and forth. Back and forth. One day I go. So I go, and the lady, you know, it's all Dominican girls, and they all love me. I'm like Enrique Iglesias to them, right? Because I talk to them all. I give them little kisses. I put my, I had noise-canceling headphones. They don't even know what the fuck that was. They thought I was a Martian. You know, they thought I was from the future. And I would put on, I would put on merengue, and I'd put on their head, and I would dance with them at Restaurant Depot. All these ladies loved me. Right. The minute I came in, three of them ran to me. Who's that? Who's that old man? Who's that old man that comes with your card? I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that's my final law. That motherfucker's stealing. Wow. I said, what do you mean? She goes, we know what you buy because, you know, they, you buy at, at the same things every day. Look at your receipts for the last two months. That motherfucker is stealing. So I said, okay. So Steve, the manager, I go in, I go into his office and I said, uh, can you pull up my, my purchases for the last two months that I wasn't here? Where I figured out the days, you know, you had... Two months, this guy's already, you know, a fucking problem. He's like, uh, I'm like, can you can you circle the anomalies? You know, the stuff that I never, you know, one-time buys. One-time buys. So he looks, you yeah, know, he's yeah. like, okay, you buy this all the time. You buy mayonnaise all the time. He's right. like, whoa, what, whoa, okay, gay, 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 gay. So he prints it out. I'm like, meat slicer. I'm like, silverware, plates, turkeys. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It was... Everything, microwave, all kinds of shit at Restaurant Depot. I stay quiet. Put my thing, it's maybe two weeks before Thanksgiving. I put the receipt in my pocket. I go to Marie. I says, uh, hey, you got to tell Butch Cassidy over there. He can't work here no more. Why? I'm like, he's literally like thousands of dollars worth of shit. He's, he bought a popcorn machine. I mean, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> 
You think everybody's stealing from everybody? Why do you, why do you always pick on my family? I mean, because your family's the one they're stealing. If, he, if it was my family, I'd pick on them, but they're in Miami because they got money, and your parents are over there, you know, like Donnie Brasco, fucking doing stupid street shit. This is, this is, I can't be stressed out like this two weeks before the holidays. <laughs> fucking smell like Grey Goose. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you stressing me out before <laughs> holidays? Fucking melting my fucking eyebrows with some bullshit. Fucking cats, fucking cats on the counter. I can't even eat at the house anymore because the fucking cat's eating his own fucking shit on the counter. Motherfucker. It wasn't a well kept household, huh? The, the fucking the, the, the cleaning ladies would quit. They would quit. So, anyway, that's another story for the cleaning lady stories. Those are great. So she's, she starts getting into me. I says, okay, I'll stay quiet. I'll just wait for Thanksgiving. So we get to, thank, so we get to their house on Thanksgiving. I open the cupboard, and there is fucking everything. Oh. Everything. Even the turkey was I paid for. So there's a brand at Restaurant Depot called Quality. Quality that's only from Restaurant Depot. It looked like... He he worked for quality. Oh I mean, napkins, cups, forks, knives. I mean, everything. And then I opened the fridge, and it was all uh, Casa Suprema. That's their local brand. Mozzarella cheese, burrata, prosciutto. I mean, this. I mean, I've been to millionaires' houses. They don't have this much shit in their fridge. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is that coffee maker? That's a Restaurant Depot coffee maker. That's a Restaurant Depot meat slicer. That's a, a hot dog roller. What's this guy opening a movie theater? What the wow. fuck is he doing? So I go to Marie. See, 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 see. He goes, gee, he could have got that anywhere. <laughs> I said. Well, it is her father. I guess. So I, I, I felt like fucking De Niro, <laughs> like De Niro and Casino. I'm like, either, either he's dumb or you're in on it. <laughs> either way, he's got to go. Right. You know what I mean? Or you both go. But I'm not going to sit here and get robbed. Of course. So in the middle of this, I'm going to stay quiet. I'm like, listen. I'll just deal with this internally. I'll just cancel this card and go back to Restaurant Depot. I don't want a family problem. But How he, do you live with that? I didn't. I, I, it was very hard. That's a, that's a tough one to live with. I, res gypsies, I respect man. that you're trying to do that, right. but it's in the back of your head going, my wife's father-in-law is doing this shit to me? Right. And you can move forward from that? No, we did, obviously didn't move no, forward from it. Well, that was, yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, but, that, but this was only three years in. So I was going to stay quiet. I was going to stay quiet. But as the mother has me checking on my own fucking turkey, right? <laughs> Carl, come over here. Just take a break from watching the football. I'm like, I'm not watching the football. I'm seething, staring blankly into the fucking screen. You could have, you could have puppies dying on TV. I wouldn't know. I fuck, I'm seething. <laughs> Meanwhile, people are sending me fucking turkey emojis. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. My phone. I want to. I would just want to set the house on fire. They thought you really enjoyed the Macy's Day Parade. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, is that Barney? <laughs> fucking you monsters. Leave me alone. You fucking monsters, all of you. So. <laughs> oh, he loves these. Oh, I get so wound up. Okay, this coffee is fucking strong. So, um, I guess I'm a morning person. <laughs> so, I. So I'm sitting there, as I'm checking the turkey, the old father-in-law comes up with a uh, Honda snowblower 
catalog. Right? So I just won 20000 on the Food Network winning some, some game thing. That obviously, obviously, none of them were there to help me <laughs> with it. Right. If you saw the show, Marie and the father-in-law weren't <laughs> in the fucking kitchen with me helping me out. Right. right? They were probably in the fucking aisles fucking... Robin Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> After commercial, guy comes on no watch. <laughs> They're running up and down the aisles with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> with a high-low. <laughs> Going out the back door. <laughs> uh, the old man and uh, Butch Cassidy and his Sundance kid over there crushing Flavortown. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting there checking the turkey. He comes up to me. He goes, hey, Carl, now you know. You, I see you want a little bit. Of, you want a little bit of scratch. Why don't you help us out? And uh, this is what I want for Christmas. And it's circled, not. yes, and shows me the picture of the snowblower. It was like three grand with the tracks and shit. And then I look at him, and I look at them, and I look at the thing, and I said, "That's it. We're dying on this hill." I said, "So you want me to buy you a snowblower after you fucking been robbing me oh. for two and a half months?" I go, "Go sit the fuck down." Because you can talk to me like that in my house. I go, from the looks of it, it's my house too. That was it. Then the war became, then the the Cold War. How do you get out of that house without a major confrontation? I left. I left in one of the cars. We drove it separately. I just got in the car left. Ruined Thanksgiving. Did she ever see it your way? No. She was always still defending him right to the end. See him because, and and she did the right thing because now they're all in there. But guess what? Now they're in there. Now, now, now she's going to have to deal with them because that greed doesn't go away. Right. She's going to eat. They're going to eat it from the inside out. Fuck. Yeah, man. It was tough. It's a hell of a story. Ain't that crazy? Crazy shit. On top of it, I want to show me the picture of the snowblower like I'm some kind of oh, jerk. Oh, I don't know how you fucking didn't just. That's why I used to whistle all the time. She's like, where were you yesterday? You stayed in the city. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right up the paperwork. I'm ready to go. And, and I think that's why it was so easy for me to, to just sign everything off because everything was so tainted. I mean, every oh. everything I touched reminded me of that squad. Well, you know what I, I mean? Like, well, I would imagine in a way it was easy because you had no doubt in your head. Yeah, I think a lot of people that go through a, a divorce they're thinking, well, maybe if I try to do, you know, it's thinking maybe there's maybes in there where maybe no, the whole, my whole this, marriage I was like, what this. the fuck did I do? So you had no, you knew it was like, all right, this I is the like, road we're going down. Yeah, this is going to be baby a- M stuck in the well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, fuck, yeah. I'm in a well. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And I'm going to be in a well until someone gets me out. Right. And then. Uh, that was it, man. It was over after that. Well, we're not going to beat that story. And another uh, another piece of the divorce, too. Yeah, nice. Little pieces Little throughout pieces. this whole podcast. Little fucking pieces. Another taste <laughs> than Carl. I can go on divorce stories for a hundred. Because my whole marriage was a divorce. Right. It, it was just, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, and, and, I, and from the minute I met her to the minute we moved in together, it was unnaturally quick. So it was just like. So why'd you do it? Oh, I don't know, man. I was stupid. Well, we all do that. I though. was so I, I blame no one. I don't blame her. No, I can't answer that. Because let me tell you something, Opie. Like, we all can answer that question. I don't blame her because it's like there's an old saying, right? You 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 see an injured snake on the side of the road, and you take the snake home and you and you bring it back to health, and then it bites you. And you look at the snake. You go, How can you do that? I saved your life. He goes, I'm a snake. I'm a fucking snake. And snakes do snake shit. That's human nature. Yeah. So so a lot my, of us really feel like we'll be the one that. Turns this person around. I, I, I had that, you know. You're not I, alone in that. I felt bad. I saw the kids. The way she painted the whole story 
like her ex, like her ex husband. The story she told me about him, and he was so, he used to tell me shit, right? Like I bought her ex husband a car, so he can get around. When when my ex wife left her last husband, he he was left with nothing, just like me, except he didn't have the resources, you know, to come back from it. He he'd spun off the earth, you know what I mean? But this guy used to like tell me like desperately like. She's gonna do this to you. And I'm like, and she's like, he's crazy. He's on heroin. I'm like, I don't know. He seems pretty lucid. (laughs) (laughs) No, ignore that. Ignore that. Yeah, she's like, no, he's on drugs. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, look at these. Yeah, look at, look at, come touch my butt. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and he was like, he would stop me. He was like the, the ghost of Christmas fucking, you know, future. He was like, She's gonna take everything. She doesn't care about anybody. And I'm like, all right, dude. And she's like, don't listen to him. He's he's crazy. I'm like, uh, he pretty much drove here pretty good. And, I mean, the kids like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And gave you the warnings. I mean, over and over and Jesus. over. And 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 I'm like, and then I met this other dude that used to date her, and he comes into the restaurant big Italian kid and he's like uh, you would hurt and it's the Italian way of telling you you're fucking you're in trouble yeah he goes you would uh, you would hurt now I said yeah he goes alright I said yeah he goes good luck wow I said alright you, know, right. you know what I mean and I'm like very this guy was a he he used to hit me. I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, he didn't bring that up, but he was he brought a lot of other stuff up. He he threw me out of a window. I'm like, ah, he didn't. I didn't see that ever. A know? lot of us are part of that club, Carl. Yeah, You're man. not alone on that yeah. one. There's a ton of fucking people that can relate to that. Uh, Brother Weeze, who I adore. We're gonna go up to Rochester very soon. A podcast with Brother Weeze. Uh, he told. We got to make sure that her, that the co-host is there. You know, I like her. Uh, Deanna King. Oh, Deanna, yeah. I like I, Deanna. King. I got you. You got me right. Make I, sure she's Mikey. Schedule. I wasn't right. sure if you were talking about wheels. <laughs> I like wheels too. You I piece of wheels. shit. Don't fucking talk about my my fucking squad like that. I love wheels. You got to take a picture with King this time. You got to take a picture with King because last time you were a real fucking jerk with and King and John. You, right. And wheels. I wasn't invited again. Oh no. It was me. I wanted a picture of me, you, and Weeze. But she's part of the show, and she's so nice looking, and she's so nice and friendly, and she's really funny on, on social media. I'm starting to think that she's going to stick around a while. Oh, so maybe you could be a fucking human being this time. You know time. how many co-hosts I didn't take pictures with because I knew Weeze was just going through them left and right? Well, well you don't have to I'm worry like, about that now. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm going to see this picture, and this person's long gone. So I just want to meet you and uh, the Wee. So this time, can you do one with King? Can we have a I nice one? I would love to. Because I want a wallet size for me. I like her. She's nice. She's a bit cynical. Well, that's her whole... Th- I know. Oh, I know. I was about to jump in cynical mom on Twitter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's got some funny shit out there. She's good. Um, but anyway, Wee's told me a million years ago, and uh, he said, don't ever marry a face. It's the best advice you can give anybody. Oh. You don't get tricked by the looks of a girl. But and that's the, their, the, that's their job. I understand, that, but, but that's human nature. No, I understand. If it, not, I'd be married to a raccoon. No, <laughs> no, no, but hear me out. I understand all that. We all understand that because it is nature. Because you, you can't know, say anything about that. You, Lindsay is literally a model. But literally that, a model. But that's the your girl, Mike, is fucking smoke show. But let me. Mine is younger than both, so I. Went, it's a. <laughs> it's an ace in the hole. 
Let me finish. I go just finished third grade. (laughs) A lot of guys make this mistake, though, because it is human nature. You see some hot piece of ass, but they have nothing behind those eyes. But we all fall for it. So, of course, course you want somebody that's good looking and all that and attractive to you. But you also got to, like, give it a little time and see if there's something behind the eyes. And we all fell for the piece of ass Mm -hmm. and went, oh, fuck, I'm in hell now. And so Weez calls it, don't ever marry or go out with a face. Make sure uh, past the face, there's something else there. And in my case with my wife, I'm lucky to say there's more than a, a lot there, you know, past the face. Well, she That's all I'm she, saying. Lindsay definitely took your advice on that one. <laughs> 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 Lindsay went, went right to the brain Didn't even look at that fucking fucking crazy homeless face Of course we don't want to marry a raccoon We, I get that But, but it's a, true a, though a, a, a lot of people stop right there They go, wow, this girl, she's a hot piece of ass She's attracted to, attracted to me I'm done, next thing you know, they're married Fast forward, ten years goes by, whatever And you're in fucking hell because you didn't do any... Uh, you overlook everything. That's the problem. You overlooked everything else. The sex was good, and, and, what, and, her, and her pussy doesn't stink, <laughs> where you have to put your hand out the window for eight hours. You see, but the, I, I made so many mistakes because the sex wasn't even good. I went out with a bunch of faces. With her. I went out with a, a <laughs> lot of attractive, uh, attractive women over the years, but, you know, in the end, I was falling for it just like anybody else, man. That's all I'm saying. But the one advice I can give people is... Make sure they love you more than you love them. And unfortunately, that's the truth. Whoever loves most loses mm-hmm. every time. What if it's sort of equal? It's not. It's not. There's always – it's a seesaw. And it's never – when two people are on a seesaw, one's higher, one's lower. Right. So uh. I hope he's getting nervous. He's like, what happens if it's like <laughs> – no, uh, no. Wait, wait, Carl, say that again. No, so no. It's, if I love you more – like, what's that? Say that again, though, slow now. <laughs> no, that's – you sure it wasn't the other way? <laughs> no, that is really good advice. You know, I, that, there's always one that is really into it, uh, way more than the other person, and then you, you'll get eaten alive. Right. I I, um, I talked to this guy, one of the richest people in the world, literally one of the richest people in the world, and and we I catered some stuff for him. And when I when I deal with these people, not one of the richest people, maybe top four Forbes four hundred five hundred. I mean, big yeah. big boy. Yeah. And. Uh, Whenever I get my hands on a guy like this, I ask him, you know, what, what makes, what made you successful? And I get a lot of canned answers and stuff, you know, and this guy sits me down. He says, I'm going to tell you, Carl. He says, um, I'm going to tell you this because he, he goes, I think you have the depth to understand this. He says, you will never be successful as long as you take other people into consideration. He says, the only thing that is lethal to a human is another human. He says, if you're walking around New York City, the odds of a tiger, of a poisonous plant, of a mushroom, of a lightning strike, all these things that would kill us in the wild don't exist. But somehow, we still get conned and hurt and, and, and killed. Right. It's another person. And he said, the minute I understood that the human condition was a negative in my life and not a positive, I became wildly successful. Right. And he says, I don't look at it as hurting other people. I don't look at it as any other thing but surviving. And survival, he says, the ultimate way of surviving is being more successful 
because less people can get to you, the higher your walls are. And the, and those people, the closer they get to you, the faster they're going to kill you. And well, boy, did I make that mistake. <laughs> and, and I and oh my god! You know, after 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 my after I should have never cared about half those fucking people, Mike. Jesus, I did. I really triggered. 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 Joey, hit the trigger noise. Triggered. But uh, I shouldn't have gave a shit about you assholes. But as he's as he's telling me this, no, that's a, that's another good life lesson. Yeah, as, as he's telling me this, I'm going backwards in my mind. I'm like, that guy, that girl, that guy, that girl, that. And there was pivotal parts in my life where. I cared about people more than I cared about myself, and I paid for it dearly. God, you just spoke my language. Dearly. We should end there. For real? For real. You just spoke my language. Wrap it up, Joe. You got it. Uh, <laughs> is that it? We'll wrap it up like that? Do you need to promote anything there, Carl? You Follow could. me on Go Fuck Yourself. Wrap it up now. Let's get another coffee downstairs. <laughs> All right, let's do that. Thank you, gentlemen. Fun show and looking forward to the next episode with Doug Benson. In the meantime, please give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. Check out purple.com for the best mattress ever. Visit opiradio.com for cool merch for the holidays. A quick shout-out on Twitter at Tracy Pereira 20 P-E-R-E-I-R-A. And as requested by my fellow Texan at the top of the show, more music. Here's a holiday favorite I recorded with my old band in a basement when I lived on Long Island. My band, the Montgomery Cliffs. Follow us on Spotify. And on behalf of the Westwood One Podcast Network, thanks for listening to OP Radio. Your hosts, Edge and Christian, talk wrestling. So here we are, Birdman. We're back. Uh, we're back. Don't mind, Jay. We missed a lot of stuff in this last yeah. month that we've been gone. Yeah. And, and Most I think of all, first and foremost, because like this is probably like the first time we talked since we stopped doing the podcast. Yeah, what's that tell you? ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. Download it free and easy wherever you get your podcasts from the Westwood One Podcast Network.